broadcasters in the greater Portland area. Your daily show prep begins now. It is two minutes and 15 seconds after the hour of five, and this the month of October in the year of our Lord, 2009. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. We are live from the plushly appointed yet not overly ostentatious studios of Rock 101 KUFO. It is the Rick Emerson Show live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. And you know, no matter what we ever say about the studio, no matter what comments we may have about the lights, sometimes the light bulbs burn out, occasionally the curtain falls off the wall, sometimes is something grimy that sort of ground into the carpet. Occasionally, someone's pet has relieved themselves in the hallway. We can always say this. A, the floor of the studio is not covered with pieces of rotting crab. And B, I would say 90% of the time I can come in and sit down in this chair without having a big black cloud of flies immediately fill the space in front of my, uh, my face. I mean, really, when push comes to shove, at the, at the, at the, the, the bottom, at the absolute bare minimum, the studio is not filled with hordes of insects who have taken over the space as their own. I mean, really, that is um, that is not something insignificant. So after having spent about, I would say, 35 minutes in the truck yesterday, I have been given a whole new appreciation for every place that is not the inside of that truck. Just for life. It's, you... you st- I would encourage, actually, everybody... If you go you have, sit in the truck right now. I mean, it'll give you a whole new lease on life. It'll you g- had a biohazard suit. Other people don't. <laughs> okay, that's a fair point. I guess it's not like I was really taking my life in my hands. I did, in fact, have a hazmat suit wrapping every section of my body, except for my forehead. And it's an indication of how foul the inside of that vehicle is now that everyone seized on the fact that my forehead was exposed and that it, you know, oh. that it was going to be some sort of um, fleshy Achilles heel. You know, it was going to be like the missing. Um, it was going to be like the missing scale on the dragon smog in the the Hobbit. How is it that the forehead is exposed? Don't you have some sort of helmet on? Or they, he had the full. This, uh, we should thank our listener Jeff from a company called Terra Hydra. He was listening yesterday to the show, and he heard the fact that I was going to be getting into the back of the truck with Katie and uh, and Jessica. Mm. And I think he must have said to himself, "Dear God, no." I must step in. I must be. I must be the. Uh, you know the uh, the uh, the shield between Rick Emerson and what is almost a, a, a certain horrible death at the hands of the various organisms that have taken up residence inside that truck. So he actually is a guy who deals with sort of toxic and dangerous chemicals every day. So they have the full biohazard suit. It's like the government approved, CDC approved uh, suit. And I always compare it to that suit that the guys have on in E.T. when they're coming to steal him out of the house from, from, from D. Wallace Stone. Oh, that part's scary. It's kind of that, but it's really like they have in the movie Outbreak. You know, with Dustin Hoffman and Morgan Freeman. and This appears to be the monkey. It was one of those. And he actually brought a variety of masks. They had a mask that covered, like, your whole face. Like, every, uh, every, every single uh, square inch of your face. I mean, from, you know, the, from the top of your head all the way down to your neck. The only problem with that is I couldn't actually put my glasses on, so I couldn't see anything. And it was all just a big blur and a fog. So if I wanted to be able to see, I had to wear this mask that only covered uh, from... It covered from my nose down. So my eyes and my forehead 
we're still exposed. So it's entirely possible that I am even now filled with some sort of crawling death, which Ew, you're uh, probably infected, which I'm not aware. Well. You just to remember to aim for the we head. We got some of these sure. hygienic wipes over here. Would you like to wipe yourself down? <laughs> There's no wiping that away, Tim. That's a, that's a filth you can never get rid of. Would you do it for us? What? <laughs> Would you do it for us? I'm just saying, I don't <laughs> really know. you're describing makes it sound like your head's going to explode in like maggots or something. And he's right in front of you. I know. You're right in the line of fire. Lucky me. The only thing, I was just, yeah, the only thing that'll wipe this away is... There might be some collateral damage in this direction, but not as much as you. It's a, uh, it's a filth that must be wiped away with... with with flame. That's, uh, there's no getting away from that. Anyway, in 12 hours, in less than 12 hours now, we will be announcing the winner of KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. Uh, we'll be putting up some video here in just a bit of uh, the debate we did yesterday afternoon. So I had the biohazard suit, courtesy of Lister Jeff, and I spent about 35 minutes in the back of the truck. We had uh, Katie and Jessica each answer a couple of questions, and I was... I do have to say, I was sort of surprised at the, at the honesty that they had, because the very first question out of the gate, Greg and I have been sort of brainstorming what to ask them first. The first question that we asked yesterday in the debate was, why do you think the other person doesn't deserve the truck? And I thought that they would play a lot more nicely. I thought that they would, you know, that they would say, oh, well, she deserves a truck as much as I do, but I would really, but they, I think they've realized at this point, it's like a $30,000 vehicle and there was no point in pulling punches. So it was, uh, it was pretty compelling stuff. So we want to thank Jeff and of course the engineers again, who just have really been taking their lives in their hands every time they approach what really must be considered a super fun site at this point. In any event, it's 503-228-4101, 503-228-4101. You can also text if you like at 52051, or you can email it's rick at rickemerson.com. Sarah with an H at KUFO.com, Tim at KUFO.com, or Greg Nibbler can be reached at N-I-B-L-E-R at KUFO.com. Uh, We're joined today, as always, by the lovely and talented Sarah Stillman. Hello, how are you? Good morning. I'm how was Zombieland? Well. It was good. Really? I, I really was entertained. You know what? It was a nice little, like... Hour and a half movie, um, nice and compact and funny, and the zombies were freaky, and uh, it all like wrapped up in a nice little package, but not really. So it was it was a good movie. I liked it. An entertaining zombie romp. An entertaining zombie romp. It was kind of like it was kind of like the rules of living uh, in a zombie infected world. Awesome for and the whole was, family. It, for the whole family, and it was um, it had some great cameos, and they used text in it in an interesting way, which I which I thought was really cool. And I don't, I, I don't want to know any spoilers because I know that there's Aaron wouldn't tell me who it was, and I'm glad. I, he, I, I don't want to know, but I hear that there's a. He said there's a cameo in there that I will quite it's like. It's amazing. Oh, the person, see, see, damn you! No, the cameo is. I laughed out loud. Like everyone, you know, was guffawing throughout the entire thing, and it takes a lot to get me to laugh, right. you know, in a movie theater, and everyone else is just, you know, like side spitting, huh? But this part involving this person. I laughed uh, out loud okay. for I, for more than like five seconds. Okay, I okay. It was then, clearly I have to see it before everything is ruined. It was genius. You have to go see it sooner than later because it's just an hour half of your life. And um, yeah, I want to see it again. I'm gonna wait until it gets to, like the Baghdad or something. Yeah, and I wasn't able to go. I there's just no way I was gonna get out of Vancouver in time to go to go see it last night. But uh, but I'm glad you were able to because I it's been getting it got initially very mixed reviews. But after I think there was a screening on Tuesday. That a lot of people liked, and the word I heard from last night already is that it's. Uh, is that it's I liked great. it. I've never heard that loud of an applause at the end of a movie Excellent. ever, even after like All right. yeah, Harry I'm Potter, or, like Batman, or anything. I am there. It was awesome. 
It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on in the show, we're going to encore our interview with Kevin Smith uh, that happened on uh, Wednesday. So we will be encoring our Kevin Smith interview at 6 o'clock. We have uh, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler on the way. Big stories today. We have a a big bit of breaking news happening in Ball Talk. Uh, We will have, I'm not making this up, professional bull rider. Ross Coleman in the studio with us. He doesn't know this, but uh, because he's uh, he doesn't like actual rodeos, he's also going to be uh, taking part in video rodeo. So that's a little secret between us uh, right now that uh, he will be privy to once he gets in here. Aaron Duran with The Week and Geek will be here. Dax Holt uh, from TMZ as well. And, of course, updates from Survive It and Drive It. Don't forget, the big announcement is at 5 o'clock this afternoon. Voting ends at 4. We will announce the winner at 5. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 5-11. You can expect showers today. Highs in the 60s, partly sunny all weekend, though, even though it's going to stay cold just like the fall. Three Portland convenience stores are robbed overnight. And two instances, the clerks shot back. First. At 1.30 a.m., the robbers strike the plaid pantry, 6510 North Greeley. Next on the hit list, the 7-Eleven on Northeast Wilder. Knocked off at 4 a.m. The clerk fired at the robber. He missed. Finally, the plaid pantry, 9101 North Lombard Rob. The store manager was threatened with a knife. He couldn't open the cash drawer. The robber stole cigarettes instead. The clerk chased him out the door with a 45, firing into the side of the car. Jesus, God. Now, there's something about that first plaid pantry that seems familiar. I can't put my finger on it. What was the location of the, uh, the first plaid there? That would be 6510 North Greeley. Now there's something I can't quite uh, I can't quite imagine why I would know the location of that plaid pantry. Yes. Sarah, can you uh, help me out? I go there like every day. Yeah, so there. You That's go. awesome. Yeah, it's... so go in there armed and get ready to chase a robber and stab him, kill him. There's a place that I can't go to anymore um, when I'm heading. I won't say which one it is, but when I head to work, there's this. Uh, Minute Mart that I go to, but uh, I've stopped going there because the uh, convenience store guy was like, oh yeah, a few hours ago we were, uh, there was an attempted robbery, then an hour ago there was some guy covered in blood pounding on the window. Jesus. Oh, I hate it when people blood pound. That happened to me once when I was working at a place. That, seriously. A guy, what do you mean? A guy covered with blood is pounding on the window when I was working overnight at that motel in California. Please it tell me like, the, help me, help me, help me. Please tell me your response was, I'm sorry, mister, it's none of my concern. That originally was... My, uh, <laughs> but I don't want to get involved. But, I'm but, sorry. But I decided I was going to call 911, and I didn't want the guy to bleed to death. So there was this like little overnight shoot. So I, I pushed the towel from the bathroom underneath so he could grab it. So I, I did help save a guy. Shoving your belt underneath the door. Try this as a tourniquet. I Well, I thought, you know, before the ambulance gets here, it's really going to gross me out more if there's more blood. So I'll do something to help. Well, it's going to be more But I don't you. want to touch the person or get too close to him. Well, no, of course not. I mean, you know, but if you know if he, if he so bleeds I, out too much, you have to mop it up later. It's just, that I mean, was my thought. Work, work, work. So, yeah, that was my thought. So I, I did help somebody out. So I have not a good... Greg, have you ever had anybody covered in blood pounding on a window of a place where you worked? Wait, that was a country response. Oh, I'm sorry, that was. Uh, let's ask. I was listening to in here. Uh, no, I don't. I have not uh, experienced anybody covered in blood pounding on my window. All right, so those are experiences that Greg and I still have to have at some point in our lives. It's uh, waiting out there. All right, here's uh, Tim Riley. Your next trip to California. Yes, it's it's in your future. Uh, a man robbed the Albertsons with a kitchen knife on Southeast 185th and escaped on a TriMet bus. He humped off near Aloha High and Kenneman Elementary, both schools locked down. Police searched with dogs, but he got away. Then a drunk chased a tramet train and got hit by it. This happened at North Interstate near Mason last night around 9 o'clock. His 
Injuries are non-life-threatening. What is it with people going nuts and robbing things lately? This isn't one, like the plaid pantry thing, this isn't one guy, right? It could be. We don't know. The The funny thing is, these all happen within, you know, a couple of hours of each other. I mean, it almost From sounds... From 1.30 to 4 a.m. Because, like, what are the odds that it would be... And why not? They all happen people, same overnight period. People pick on convenience stores, you know, a lot of sort of targets for burglary. But I mean, what it, it still seems like the odds are pretty long that that would be a whole like it, that it would be non-connected somehow. It all that happened they would, in one night, not at the same time. Yeah, I mean, it seems like there's got to be some sort of connection, even if it's just like a group of people who are out there uh, knocking over convenience stores. All right, uh, let's do this. We'll uh, take a break. We'll come back straight ahead. More news from Tim Riley coming up at five forty. CNN Radio correspondent James Roop. There's been a uh, it's all kinds of breaking news everywhere today. Another uh, new development in the uh, Roman Polanski case. We've got that insane thing that happened with Letterman last night. We've got sound on that as well, so be listening. We return next. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 and KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up at 5.40, we'll have an encore of our interview with Kevin Smith from uh, Wednesday. Wednesday morning's Kevin Smith interview coming up at 5.40. 6 o'clock, we'll have Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler and uh, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop from Los Angeles. As the world continues to come apart at the seams, uh, we have another update on the Roman Polanski case. We've also got this uh, insane thing that happened to, uh, with David Letterman last night, which I started hearing about... I don't know, maybe 7, 8 o'clock. I started getting text messages about it. Paddock sent me a message about it. And it was uh, just a few words. Letterman case blowing up online. Must check. Uh, so I went and I, I looked into it and I you know, saw the video of it, which is just amazing. So we'll talk about this uh, Letterman thing here in a moment. Uh, what else we got? Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com be joining us today. Uh, Aaron Duran with The Week in Geek. And, of course, final updates as we uh, get ready to wrap up Survive It and Drive It. Art Webb is out there at uh, Dick Hanna Dodge. We'll talk to him in just a short while. At the news desk, your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 527. Expect showers today. Highs in the 60s. Partly sunny all weekend. The national unemployment rate could hit 10%. Bean counters say it could be the middle of next year before things start to get better. Now, the good news for Oregon is another 13 weeks of unemployment benefits kick in this Sunday. Those benefits expire January 10th of next year. 16,000 union nurses in Washington state filing a lawsuit against their employers for requiring them to get flu shots. Multicare health systems also want unvaccinated nurses to wear surgical masks all the time, even though it's unclear whether or not they do any good. In most cases, they do not. Multicare, is multicare health systems, is that like a generic term or is that the name of a company? That is the name of a company. Okay. That owns some uh, hospitals. That's a freaky sound. Multicare health system, health services sounds like the, uh, that's like one of those OCP type companies from RoboCop. So, David Letterman, Dropped an on-air bombshell last night, admitting he had slept with his late-show female staffers and revealing he's the victim of a $2 million shakedown plot over the shocking affairs. A high-ranking producer on another CBS show, 48 Hours, was arrested. Apparently, this is a guy. This happened yesterday afternoon. Letterman appeared at ease as the show began, joking in his monologue about everything from Dick Cheney to skunks to riding the subway, but things changed when he sat down behind his desk. 
A nervously jokey letterman told the audience, I have a little story to tell you before launching into his bizarre tale. Is my pot up. Uh, the creepy stuff was that I have uh, had sex. Uh, the creepy stuff was that I have uh, had sex with women who work for me on this show. Now, my response to that is, yes, I have. Laughter? Well, because they, yeah. they think it's a gag. And, and would it be embarrassing if it were made public? Perhaps it would. Perhaps it would. Especially for the women. Um, But that's a decision for them to make if they want to come public and talk about uh, the relationships. If I want to go public and talk about the relationships. But what you don't want is a guy saying, Oh, I know, I know you had sex with women, so I, I, I would like $2 million or I'm, I'm going to make trouble for you. So that's where we stand right now. Uh... So, Robert Halderman. Yes, Robert Halderman, 57 years old, arrested in Manhattan at 1.30 yesterday afternoon. At the CBS studios on the west side, law enforcement officials uh, say he is charged with grand larceny. CBS has suspended him. Now, he's a producer on 48 Hours, right? Correct. Uh, let's see. Uh, a woman Halderman had formerly dated told the divorced TV producer she once had to fling with Letterman. She made the revela- a revelation after she and Halderman broke up several months ago. The woman who's not identified said... Letterman had had a relationship prior to the birth of his son, Harry, who was born in November 2003. So this happened before that. Uh, and Letterman got married to uh, his longtime girlfriend, Regina Lasco. In March, I Once think. another late show staffer. Yeah. Well, and March. he, uh, you know. So he, she, she's the one that he preferred overall. I and I think he dated that uh, Meryl Marco woman for a long time, and they worked together as well. And that was like the back in the 80s. But as Letterman told it, it was creepy. He said that he got into his car and he found like an envelope or a note or something on the seat of his car. And the the note said, I know some creepy things about you. Um, I'm going to, essentially, and it came out that I'm going to need $2 million or, you know, or, um, you know, I'm going to tell everybody about this. So, I mean, that's got to be unnerving. You get inside your vehicle and there's somebody who's left a note there saying, I know creepy things about you and I have proof. Give me it's a like, check for $2 million. Dollars. Yeah, yeah, and I can get into your vehicle. That's yeah. Creepy. I mean, this is altogether weird. So, I guess it turned out that it was a guy who works for 48 hours and the uh, letterman, to his credit, I mean, didn't try, I mean, he didn't try to weasel out of it. He went right to the FBI and he guys said, like, well, look, guy's trying to shake me down for $2 million. And the FBI. It never occurred to me that this the, the thing they would actually do. They told Letterman just to write out a fake check for $2 million and arrange... Like you would give to Jerry Lewis out of telethon. I mean, which just shows that criminals are dumb no matter what level you get to, right? It doesn't matter whether you're some guy robbing a plaid pantry with a butter knife or whether you're a guy trying to uh, shake down David Letterman, you know, for a couple million. That you're just not all that bright. So Letterman cuts a fake check at the direction of the FBI for this guy, for this blackmailer. Cuts a check for $2 million, and of course, that's how they nab the guy, because criminals are just deeply stupid. That is their defining personality trait. But it was weird. I mean, it's another one of those things, though, that separates Letterman from other broadcasters, you know, where you can tell that he is just cut from a different cloth altogether, because because you, you can't see, like, Leno be... First of all, I can't imagine anybody... I can't imagine anybody revealing that Jay Leno had sex with anybody ever oh. at, at any time under any circumstances. He just seems it just, that's just a, something I can't conjure up at all in my brain. He reminds me of someone who has sex with a stuffed animal for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> um, 
But Letterman just, he was so unflapped by the whole thing. He just, it was very calm, very even keeled, which is, that is sort of the hallmark of that guy. Whenever he has something serious to deliver, he's able to do it with kind of a smoothness that really nobody else is able to muster up. So, excellent. Well, So he didn't have to clunk his head on the stage. So what's no. the next? So some other show is, is going to have, have sex with a family member. That's all there is to it. The next person wants 15 minutes of <laughs> The Mackenzie Phillips show. Yeah. Uh, it's 503-228-4101. Let's do uh, one more here, and then on the other side, we'll have an encore of our interview with Kevin Smith. So Continental Connection Flight 3407 went down almost eight months ago in Buffalo, and uh, the people of New York are still raging. Families of the 50 people who died just short of the Buffalo runway are raising concerns about pilot safety standards. Uh, apparently, the NTSB has conducted an investigation and said many of these slips didn't have to happen it happens because pilots are a little bit too chatty in the cockpit. For example, pilots on the Great Lakes Airlines flight to St. Louis are making chicken noises and talking character voices. And the airline sustained substantial damage to the tail section when it struck a building. Uh, some of the other ones are more serious. Pilots of that Con Air jet talked about uh, people applying, oh, talked about applying for other piloting jobs 30 seconds before their plane crashed. The pilot of a corporate airline's commuter plane joke that they should tell the passengers, you people should all shut the F up. And the plane descended too low and killed everybody aboard. What was the plane that crashed where they were busy flirting with the uh, with the stewardess and talking about having a monogrammed couch in the back? I believe it was this Continental flight. Yeah, where they were just, hey, sweet cheeks, why don't you come sit here in the, uh, hey, the ground seems pretty close. And then it was like, that was just the end of that. So there were too many expletive uh, lace jokes and uh, chicken noises. For anybody's comfort in this, so it all has to come to an end. Word to the wise. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Straight ahead, we'll do an encore of our interview with Kevin Smith. Coming up at 6 o'clock, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler and uh, Jim Roop from CNN Radio Los Angeles. We'll have more on this David Letterman story. Survive it and drive it updates. And Aaron Duran with the Weekend Geek. Stay right there. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. This is the Rick Emerson Show. You're a piece of crap. I'm going to use you as a footstool while I read a book. On Rock 101 KUFO. Know our next guest. His films include Clerks, Chasing Amy, Zack and Mary Make a Porno, and Mallrats. In addition, he can be seen whoring himself relentlessly and without mercy everywhere, including a series of speaking engagements this fall and online at jayandsilentbob.com, where you can purchase his new book, which we will, for the purposes of uh, broadcast as governed by the FCC, refer to as Shooting the S with Kevin Smith. Ladies and gentlemen, the aforementioned Mr. Kevin Smith. Good morning to you, sir. Sir, let me ask you a question. You're in Portland, yes? Yes. Is it as gay as Gus Van Sant depicted it in it's, my own private Idaho? It's even gayer, sir. As we speak right now, there is, in fact, a uh, there's a troop of mimes coming through wearing pink tutus, and they are twirling like a Bjork video. I, that movie made me want to go to Portland because it just is like, look at all these popular dudes who are gay. I want to be a part of this. Um, Portland is actually a city where the men all look like women, and the women all look like they're in, there to install aluminum siding at your house. <laughs> Me, dude, I'm there. I'm, I'm just uh, thanks. Thanks for that, Rick. I appreciate I, it. No, I mean, present company excluded, sort of. Hey, you were the one yesterday that referred to yourself as being all like, uh, I mean, you did look like you were going to be putting on a tool belt. Some days are better than others. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, every city's got its uh, every city's got its sterling qualities and a, a sort of off putting yet strangely endearing androgyny is uh, is Portland. So, 
Yeah, man, I, I, I'm looking for a visit. I don't think I've been there since like '94. Well, I was actually going to ask you that. You know, the sort of the the geek contingent of the audience uh, would string me up if I didn't ask you this. You know, we got like half the comic industry based in uh, in I our know, fair town. I know. And plus, and Eugene is there, dude, where they shot Animal House. That's a comedy mecca. And, and yet, I still never spent much time in Portland. I don't know why. It's not for personal reasons. Where I'm like. Oh, to hell with Oregon. It's just I've never really had opportunity to do so. And it, so you've got, uh, you know, the evening with Kevin Smith thing that, uh, you know, tours everywhere. And it's almost like you it's like you go out of your way to shun us, Kevin. I mean, I don't want to put it that way. It's almost like it you. Seems, you know what it is, dude? When they get what happens is when you're touring with a movie or something like that, you wind up in Seattle and all the Portland journalists come up. You guys are like the New Jersey of the Northwest. <laughs> you, you cut know, me to the quick, sir. Seattle's New York. And you guys are like, well, we'll trek in New York because it's easier for everybody else. And. We don't want to be a hassle. You guys are just like the New Jersey of the Northwest. Actually, uh, Anthony Bourdain came through, and he did a, a, a Northwest thing. And it, we didn't even get our own special. It was like Northwest featuring Portland. We were just sort of under the umbrella of, like, lots of other towns. I know. In this I'm, part. Coming, I'm coming out there, I think, in, like, um, I think it's November. Is it November or October 7th? I, I'm coming out there to do a Q&A very soon, but Seattle. But then in the spring, I'm going to Portland. Okay, so you time. you will be done. When you say you're coming to Portland Spring, is that going to be for the evening with Kevin Smith? Or is yeah, it going to be... we're going to sit up on stage and do that BS where I'm like, hey, ask me questions, and I talk for three hours. You were you you did the booked Carnegie Hall, actually, with that, right? I did. In June, I, I played Carnegie Hall. They had an open slot in their schedule, and these two producers uh, were... were, were um, kind enough to be like, hey, you do college shows where you talk to kids and stuff. Do you want to do that at Carnegie Hall? And I was like, would I? And the dude got really insulted because <laughs> he had a wooden eye. Um, that's an old joke. I'm sorry. I pulled that right out of my youth. Um, so anyway, I was like, I would love to. And I did it. And not only did we did it, I was like, look, if I'm going to do Carnegie Hall, the only way I'm doing it is if I'm going to try, I'm going to try to sell it out. It's no fun to do Carnegie Hall if you see empty seats. So for like two months straight, once we found out what the date was, I just hoarded on Twitter, man, and just let people know these are how many tickets sold, these are how many left. These are made it a real game, made it like, you know, participation event, and uh, was able to sell it out. And so once that happens, then you got like legitimate theaters across the country suddenly going like, hey, do whatever you do here. And I've been doing it for years. Like I'm sharpening it for at least a decade at colleges, but nobody ever invited me out of a college campus because I guess they assumed that's the only people who really cared. So now I wind up doing all these gigs at, at legitimate places. Like uh, I think we're in Seattle, it's the Benaroya Hall or something like that. Is that legitimate? Yeah, well, I, you know, the thing about you talking to colleges, actually, is you, when you first went to, to start doing that, when you are doing the Evening with, Kevin with Smith, uh, Evening with Kevin Smith stuff, do you have... Since you did not, since you didn't go to college, you went to film school, but then you left and you made clerks. Is it more a sense of like I kind of secretly don't belong here, or is it more a sense of like in your face? I have no degree and I am wealthy. It's the middle. It's the middle road, which is like, um, oh, this is what this is what I would have liked to have done: sit around and talk to students. Um, but this, if I'd gone to college, that's the only aspect of college I think I missed, is the social aspect. But I actually like this way better because it means I lead the conversation all the time by virtue of the fact that I'm the guy that made the movie or blah, 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 whatever. So it's I never go there like in your face, college, particularly because the the kids, that would just dishearten the kids to no end, wouldn't it? Where I'm like, in your face, I made it, you didn't. They're like, hey, man, we're still in school, you fat jackass. Um, and I don't feel the other way where it's just uh, like, um, what was the other option? 
Uh, I don't know. We're just we're lost in a thicket of adverbs now. I uh, I don't even know where we are. But I I will. It happens, dude, because I smoke a lot of weed in the morning. My bad. Talking about not going to college, you're also so you do sold out Carnegie uh, Carnegie Hall, and then you were identified on the cover of the new book, uh, the shooting the S book, identifies you as. Quote, and this is awesome, New York Times best-selling author, Kevin Smith. <laughs> it's almost the only reason that this current book exists, because uh, Adam over at Titan, the publisher, he was the guy who was the mastermind behind this book and the other book, which was, uh, I'd, ri- I'd been writing an online blog for like two years, and Titan said, can we publish it? And I said, why would anyone want to do That's old media. It's like, you can read it for free online. Why would anyone want to actually buy the book? And I was wrong. People did want to buy the book. We thought we'd sell like a couple hundred copies to fans, and then somehow it wound up being a New York Times bestseller. So Adam says, we have to do another book, if for no other reason than to just put that on the quote over your face, because nobody's going to believe it, dude. It's hysterical. It is awesome that when, whenever, I, uh, whenever I see something like that, I do revel in the sure and certain knowledge that somewhere there is somebody looking at that in a bookstore and becoming angry. Yeah, and, probably my mother. <laughs> my mother going like, he's cursing again. Everyone's going to think I raised him wrong. Why won't he shut his fat mouth? Why always the potty talk? Yeah, why can't he work clean like Bill Cosby? When you were growing up, what was the most that you kind of realistically uh, hoped for before clerks kind of changed everything? I, I, my big dream in life was to own a deli because I really knew how to make a sandwich. Still do. That was your uh, the, the, the uh, it was corned beef and uh, and potato salad for I miles. I could do that. I was like, I'm really good. I know exactly how much meat to put on a sandwich where the customer's not like, oh, dude, this is too much, or not like, hey, man, put a little more on that. Good. Ba- I'm a fat man. A fat man knows how to make a sandwich to say the least. So I was like, I can do that. And I'd worked in delis for years. Delis and convenience stores were my thing. So I was like, I imagine one day I'll wind up owning a small deli, and then just cause, because of the sandwich aspect, but then the film thing kicked in. We're talking to uh, Kevin Smith. One of the uh, filmmakers you've mentioned a lot is Hal Hartley, and I, I am just a, an evangelist for a movie called Trust uh, oh, that, that he made. Was, that was the movie for me, dude. Like, you know, I always talk about Richard Linklater's Slacker as the movie that made me realize that I, too, could be a filmmaker. But it was Hal Hartley's Trust that really uh, freed me up to write the kind of dialogue I write, because Hal Hartley's Trust was porn for a guy like me who loves dialogue, and he was doing stylized dialogue, so it had this surreal quality to it. It was almost like you were watching a theater show or play rather than watching a film. And I didn't ape that style, but because he was able to do that, because I was like, wow, this dude's just taking chances, it, it made me feel comfortable enough, secure enough to kind of write dialogue the way I write it. Do you th- I, I love that movie. It's so delighted you brought that up. Nobody talks about trust, and it's such a great flick. It is. Uh, and the, the, the one other note on that movie, you watch it now, and it's got this strangely non-dated feel to it. Because even then, like I think about the score, and it's got that weird electro, like Moog synthesizer. Yeah, the typical Hal Hartley Ned Rifle score, which is his, his pseudonym for himself. So he always does the score. And the score, like his writing, is like, it's almost like a Beckett play. It's so Spartan. It has this kind of strangely off kilter angular feel to it that just lends it this kind of timeless quality. It's just, a, but it's just a, a great movie, and th- that uh, that imprint is all over. Uh, you know, the, the the early stuff that you do. You know, you can sense again that you're not aping it, but that it very much has that kind of what they call the hyper realistic very um, much so. style. How Hartley's work absolutely informed my work, and and I made no secret of that back in the day. I would tell people to drop that. I was preaching the gospel of Hal Hartley. Then I read an interview that he did in the New York Times Magazine, and this was like circa 1996. 
And in it, they begin, the author of the piece begins by talking, it begins the piece thusly. You know, Hal Hartley, and I can't do it verbatim, essentially it's this. Hal Hartley um, was at a Q&A, and somebody asked him, hey, man, how does it feel to be shouted out in the end credits of Clerks by Kevin Smith? And apparently he gave such an impassioned, vitriolic answer that he had to go lay down after the show. He was emotionally spent. He, no, he was not. He was not a Kevin Smith fan. That's what I got out of the piece. Ah, and I, I see. broke my heart, dude, because I was like, oh, but I'm such a huge Hal Hartley fan. It was an important lesson to learn. Sometimes you're going to love people. They're not going to love you back. Well, I'm sorry to have uh, traumatized you with that. I have to say. You have a bad memory, dude. I, if I can go out on that negative note, let me just say as we wrap this up here, uh, all kidding aside, on a personal note, I have to say that just for me, that, uh, you know, I saw Chasing Amy and it resonated with me on such a deep level that it really did truly forever alter the way that I dealt with women in relationships. So I want to thank you for doing what you do for me, for all of us, for everybody who loves film, my friend. Hey, Seuss Marimba, dude, that was so kind. And so uh, let me tell you something. I'm coming to Oregon now. You sold me. Well, there I'm you go. Hang out with you, dude. You're complimentary as hell. I am the city's ambassador, sir. If I'm there, it's because of you. And if I'm there, I'm totally walking in and sitting in on that show. That's uh, going to my resume and on my personal file right now. Best of continued success in life, art, and all things, my friend. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It is Friday morning. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. In just a few minutes, we'll talk to CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop in Los Angeles with some breaking news on the Roman Polanski case. Uh, we'll have more about uh, David Letterman's uh, that sort of shakedown extortion slash blackmail attempt he talked about uh, last night. Greg Nibbler's ball talk coming up uh, later on. Dax Holt from TMZ. Aaron Duran with The Week in Geek. And a pair of tickets for you to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat tomorrow at uh, the Roselands. You want to be listening for that. It's 503-228-4101. Plus, we'll check in with uh, Art Webb at Survive It and Drive It, which is now in its final exciting day. So you can be voting right now at KUFO.com. You go to KUFO.com, cast your vote for either Katie or Jessica, who made uh, impassioned speeches uh, last night. So yes, I was out I there. Yes, I hear your debate thing. We will uh, we'll play back uh, the, the questions from last night. We did it sort of uh, Gwen Eiffel style, where we allowed them to do an opening statement, then I asked them a question, and we did a second question, then a closing statement. And I thought that they would be, I guess I thought that they would be a little more gentle and reserved uh, about it. I didn't think that they would really kind of take each other to task. It was uh, it was kind of impressive, actually. Was it what I felt uncomfortable? <sighs> it was a little uncomfortable. Well, first of all, I'm sitting amid, I'm sitting in a pile of garbage. Not I'm like, like now, dead but I mean, crickets and like oh, and just food. just a cloud of of flies everywhere. As we, I thought that they were it was sort of an isolated thing as we got closer to the truck. That I was, was I was seeing these sort of insects filling the air and sort of a flies coming by. But then the closer you get to that truck that they're living in and that they've been living in for two weeks, the more flies you see. And suddenly you kind of put it all together in your head that they, as much as we're sort of joking about how it's a landfill, let me put it this way. There is no demonstrable difference between the inside of that truck and the inside of, like, oh, I don't know, the garbage can in your kitchen. Like a dumpster or something? I mean, it's like food scraps that have been sitting there in the sun for two weeks. 
So I can't even imagine what kind of garbage juice is in the uh, is, is in the carpet of that truck. So I sit down inside and, you know, kind of on the back seat, and there's a as all the flies that have been sitting on the back seat sort of take wing. It was so freaky. So I do the debate with them, and the first question out of the gate, we had sort of gone back and forth outside the truck about what's the first question going to be? What is the what is the very what is the first query that we're going to approach them with going to be? And the first question was. I think it was to uh, I think it was to Katie. We said, Katie, why does Jessica not deserve to win this truck? And I thought that they would uh, sort of hew to the middle and say something like, "Well, you know what? Everybody deserves to win it. Uh, you know, we're all you know, you know, we're all equally deserving of this. It's just about who the audience picks." But they uh, they didn't do that. They had no problem describing why the other person did not deserve it. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. I can, I can wait, but I can't wait. We'll get to that here in just a bit. Five zero three two two eight four one zero one. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Good morning to you, sir. And a very good morning to you. Friday, Friday, Friday. Indeed. You are speaking for all of us in ways I cannot even begin to enumerate. Thank you, sir. I am every man. You you, you are covering this uh, Roman Polanski thing. So um, a lot of the a lot of the public perception of him was formed years ago when this case first happened. But since 2008, the last couple of years, you talked to a lot of people about Roman Polanski, about this case, or about the fact that he was on the lam uh, for 30 years. And people have filtered it through this documentary that came out called uh, Roman Polanski Wanted and Desired, in which right. in which they were making the case that there was a lot of prosecutorial misconduct or that the judge was not sort of on, on the up and up. Um, and so that's why a lot of people seem to think that he was kind of getting the raw deal with this. I guess that they've... Now they are revising that story again. That one of the guys who was profiled in this documentary is, is kind of changing up his his tune. Well, he's a former prosecutor, and he really wasn't a key figure in the case. He was just assigned to Judge Rittenband's courtroom, and so we just had some dealings with him. But he he was trying to make, according to him anyway, he was trying to make his role in the case bigger than it was. When he talked to this HBO documentary uh, director or producer. He didn't think this documentary would be aired in the U.S. He thought it was for French television only. So he embellished a bit, made himself seem a little better, said he, he showed this photograph of Polanski having a beer in a bar with young women, showed it to the judge and said, look, he's mocking you. He's giving you the finger here. Throw him in jail. You know, renege on the plea bargain and throw him in prison. Well, that, that would be prosecutorial misconduct. You can't have that kind of communication right. with the judge. So that was the basis for Polanski's bid to have the case dismissed. Well, now this guy's saying, I lied. I realize now, when this thing was shown in the U.S., this jeopardizes the prosecutor's case or the state's case, so i got to come clean. And when you say, well, why now? I mean, how do we believe you now? He says, because I'm ruining my reputation right. to set the record straight. So what better indication is that that I'm telling you the truth here? The judge is dead. No one can really... No one can um, can fight his claims, so he's saying, "Look, this is it. I, I lied. I, I, I screwed up here, and I even told the the um, the prosecutor's office, the DA's office, that I did this. So I'm trying to come clean here. The problem we have, though, still goes back to the fact that there was an original plea deal, and all these Harvey Weinstein and and Woody Allen and everybody else who are coming to support of Polanski are saying, bottom line, there was a deal struck. The judge said he would give Polanski." 90 days prison time and a psyche eval, and, uh, but he was released after 42 days, and they determined he wasn't a sex offender uh, or a child molester, whatever the, the determination was. Uh, he gave Polanski, uh, he said he'd stay the sentence, 
So Polanski could go finish this film in Germany. While in Germany, Polanski was photographed in a bar with young women. Now, the judge became angry about that and decided he was going to renege on the, uh, the, the plea deal and sentence Polanski to prison. When Polanski got word that that was going to happen, he said, I'm not coming back. So now, can a judge do that? Is that illegal for a judge to say, well, look, we had this plea agreement, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to send you to jail instead. I think the judge, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a great question. I mean, it's frowned the judge on. judge has a whole lot of leeway here. Yeah. I mean, even, the judge can even throw out a jury's verdict. Yeah, I mean, it's... Uh, he, can, he can throw out, uh, I think he can throw out a guilty plea, but he can't throw out a, uh, a, 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 as far as a murder case, if the, if the jury finds him, uh, finds the defendant innocent or not guilty, the judge can't throw that out, but he can throw out a guilty plea. Uh, so the judge has some leeway in many of these cases. So the judge probably pretty well could have said, look, I'm going to give you time served, and I'm going to give you probation, but only after you serve another five years in prison. I think the judge can do that. Yeah, because that's, that's one of the things. You know, people can say, well, you know, they had a gentleman's agreement or they had an understanding or whatever. But to me, there's whatever, whatever the truth of that may be, there's a difference between a judge saying, well, uh, look, I have the legal authority to kick out your plea agreement and send you to jail, and so I'm, you know, I'm going to do that now because I've I've reconsidered the case. That's one thing, but it, it, I guess it would be another thing if the judge were to, in violation of the law or in violation of some code of ethics, throw that out. Because that, I guess, and you know, nobody likes to make excuses for child molester, but but that would, I guess, in some way, at least give credence to this belief that maybe the system was stacked against you and, and you were going to get, you know, kind of kind of shafted no matter what. Well, Written Band had an, uh, a reputation for seeking celebrity cases. I mean, he even had his court staff keeping a scrapbook uh, yes. of all his news clippings. So, you know, he was kind of a media hound anyway. So he had this, li- this little bit of a reputation. And then when the plea bargain happened, when Polanski pled from seven felonies in the original indictment, all the way down to simply unlawful sex with a 13-year-old girl. Um, that's the case at that point, and you can't consider those other those uh, that, that that original indictment. You can't. Once the plea, once he plead down and pled guilty to a charge based on the agreement, then that's the thing, and that's what everybody in Hollywood's ticked off about. Is that look, he pled down to this, uh, you know, whatever you know, whatever child molester you want to call him, whatever the deal, the deal was broken, and that's what has everybody ticked off, and and the reason why Polanski's been on the run. He's been on the run, but he's been pretty high profile. He's even made movies, you know, during all this time. Yeah, he's on the run the way Henry Hill is on the run. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, is Henry Hill still alive? Oh, Henry Hill's alive. You know why? You could. Because you can see him on television like three nights a week somewhere in some city like opening an olive garden, you know? <laughs> so anyway, this, this whole thing, now this guy comes through and says, you know, uh, I lied about all this. There's no, mis- uh, no prosecutorial misconduct. The DA's office isn't commenting yet. Uh, and definitely Polanski's lawyers don't have a comment. Their, their heads are spinning over this whole thing, too, because they don't know what's next. As far as, as, far as their, their bid to have the case dismissed, this might not fly anywhere. I think the DA's chomping at the bit right now because now he's got a little bit of He's got a little uh, better hold on, on the meat. I, uh, I got to tell you, if I ever decide to commit a crime, it's going to be in Los Angeles because it just because the the legal system there and the DA and the defense office and the, the judge's office and the jury system just seems to be so hopelessly ensnared. There's like a one in three chance that uh, things are just going to become a complete debacle. Yeah, so Simpsons, 
Simpson's mistake was he went to Vegas. <laughs> Seriously, you know, Nevada, that's good. <laughs> Nevada has real laws that, that you can actually uh, you can actually prosecute. In a, you know, California, man, you you take you uh, you roll the dice pretty well here. The odds are in your favor. The crimes that happen in L.A. should stay in L.A. That's the uh, moral. <laughs> All right, my friend, have a fantastic weekend. Have several beverages for us, won't hey, you, please? Did you get that thing I sent you? No, uh, is that uh, the the thing which? And I'm not going to tell Sarah what it is because Sarah will be excited to see it. Uh, it was thing I emailed you about. As as of yesterday, it had not arrived, but I will uh, I will a check thing? this morning and see if it's arrived. What I, is uh, it? I, well, I can't. It's, it's, it's a secret. I'm sorry, I brought this up. No, 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 no. It's fine. I'm glad. I'm glad you reminded me because I will check today. It had not arrived as of yesterday, but um, our the, we got like three different buildings here. Some mail sometimes gets routed to the wrong place. I will check, and uh, it may. I, who knows? It may be waiting for me this morning. I'll go up and check my mail slot. Okie doke. You are the man, sir. Thank you. You bet. Bye. CNN Radio correspondent James. I hope it's more candy. (laughs) Are we really talking about candy there? Is there something else that I'm not privy to? No, there's candy in the office. Is there? What? What are we talking about? All right. Back after this, ladies and gentlemen, with Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. Stay right there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in low definition. Are you just going to let me bleed out? The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It is Friday, October 2nd, and good morning to you. Coming up at uh, 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran with the Week in Geek. We'll also uh, check in with Art Webb. He's at Survive It and Drive It. Don't forget, you can vote online right now, KUFO.com. Voting goes till 4 p.m. this afternoon with the winner announced at 5 p.m. And when you're voting for somebody, it's for them to win, right? That's right, Sarah. That's an important distinction. When you're voting for somebody, it is for them to remain in the vehicle and win that automobile. If you vote for someone, again, that is a vote for them. That's how that works. 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Katie and Jessica are the only two uh, remaining inside the vehicle. Uh, we're going to have some video posted from yesterday where I am uh, ensconced in this giant hazmat suit, courtesy of listener Jeff. And I am sitting in the back, just in the middle of uh, just what seems to be almost the cosmic acres of filth crammed into one small space. So, so we'll what was the that. most uh, overpowering smell in there? Well, here's the thing is, I couldn't smell anything inside. I mean, that was... Uh, it's no joke when he said that he had a suit that would protect you against biohazard material. I was asking him later, um, when everything was said and done, I said, you know, what? what is the worst thing that you have to... I guess we can describe this because he didn't, he didn't say the name of the company. We all kind of knew who he was talking about. I won't even give those details. But we asked uh, Jeff, this guy from this company, Hydroterra. He had he had uh, come with this suit that was everything it was the, the gloves and this, the the uh, the body covering and the mask and the eye shield. And I said, "What is the worst substance that you have to deal with in your job?" And Greg is my witness on this. It, this sounds made up, but he said he said we deal with. Um, he said we go to a location sometimes. And at this location, they have a liquid that they use. And the liquid doesn't have any smell, doesn't have any uh, color to it. It looks just like water. He said you would think it was water, except that if it touches your skin, you have to immediately go and get it scrubbed away and go seek treatment. And I said, why is that? And he said, because it'll 
eat your bones. And eat your bones is sort of a phrase that has a long history on this show anyway. Uh, several years ago, we were we had some sort of produced bit that contained the phrase, it'll eat your bones. And so we kind of latched on to that phrase. But they deal with a substance that apparently if it gets on your skin, will actually just destroy the calcium in your bones. And you will have, you won't even, uh, you won't even know that you've come into contact with it. Except as Greg put it, uh, you will wake up one day and your arm is just a bag of powder. Yeah, so, it leaves like no mark on your skin either. Yeah, you'd have no idea that you even touched it. Except that your oh. bones will be dissolved one day. Wow. So he's like, yeah, so we have to wear the suit whenever we're dealing with that. And I said, oh, well, okay. They also apparently deal with barrels of waste that are stored, as he cryptically put it, at a warehouse somewhere in Portland. And it's waste that is actually so toxic it can't even leave the warehouse because no other state will take it. So it just sits there. And he has to put on the suit and go monitor it uh, like a couple times a month. So that's the suit that I'm wearing. So when I got on the back of the truck, I couldn't smell anything. It was awesome. It was uh, it was as though I was breathing just freshly manufactured oxygen. Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler coming up in just a moment at the news desk. This is your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 626. Expect showers today. Highs in the 60s. So 50-50 chance of showers tomorrow and partly sunny on Sunday. So the question is, are cyclists rude to the dead? The director of Riverview Cemetery in Southwest says... Bicyclists use it as a highway in the area, and they're disturbing the peace. They're rude to the mourners. The cyclists make too much noise and disrupt funerals. And the thing is, this is private property, so you can close it down to the bicyclists at any time. Can you believe a casino may be going out of business? It is true. In Washington State, the Skokomish tribe's Lucky Don Casino isn't all that lucky. It might have to shut down this winter due to the recession. That means 120 employees will be laid off. And where's this at? Skokomish uh, tribes, uh, somewhere near Seattle, I guess. Who has any idea where that is? I have Skokomish? no idea. No, I know where Snohomish. Yes, yeah, Snohomish. Well, this is Skokomish. This is a different Indian group. Yeah, you, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, half the time I can't tell if you're making up Indian names or not. I mean, it's no, just, these uh, are real Indians. That I mean, that's disrespectful. No, I'm not making to up our, Indians. our feathered-haired friends. <laughs> Here's Tim Riley. So the jobless rate nationally is 9.8 for September. That is the highest rate <laughs> since June of 1983. Heavy unemployment everywhere. The Halloween story is a temporary cure for Spokane's unemployment problems. Scores have been hired to work at five Halloween stores, renting out costumes. The jobs are only good till Halloween. You know, to be a good cure for Spokane's problems is just like a just a big meteorite that was well aimed right at the I center knew you were of town. Go for that. No, I just uh, I was going to go with tsunami, but it seems like it's too soon for that. But I mean, really, or just uh, just a good tornado that uh, is selectively applied. So that's nine point eight. Is that it nationwide? Yes. Jesus, nine point so it eight. It's going to hit ten percent. What was it like? What was the unemployment like uh, in Britain during the 70s when there was that huge financial implosion over there? Because that's the benchmark a lot of people use. Is that like 1976, 1977 summer in Britain where it's like everybody was on the dole everywhere? All right. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Let's do one more and then we'll have ball talk with uh, Greg Nibbler. Well, today is the 50th anniversary of the uh, airing of the Twilight Zone. Awesome. It was on the state 1959. Everybody's got a favorite episode. Uh, one of the best ones, though, is to serve man. Mr. Chambers, don't get on that ship. The rest of the book, to serve man, it, it's a cookbook. Yeah. <laughs> is that the best one ever? Oh, it's terrifying. 
He's going to be on the dinner list. Up goes the shoot. Fantastic. That's a creepy episode. That is so cool. It is awesome. Episode called To Serve Man. By the way, the guy who plays the lead alien in that is Richard Keel, I believe, who was then uh, Jaws in the James Bond films. Um, well, I'm glad some alien went on to better things. Do you remember the... Do you remember the name of the alien race in that episode? I do not. The answer is Kanamit. The Kanamit. Kanamit. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. All right. Well, we've got a lot here in Ball Talk, but there is some breaking news from the University of Oregon. All right. So uh, do you remember the uh, fist-wielding maniac after the U of O Boise State game by the name of LeGarrette Blunt? Yes. Yes, I do. He's a role model for children. Absolutely. And a political science major, if I remember correctly. Uh, Well, he was suspended for the year, or was he? There's going to be a press conference today by Chip Kelly announcing that there is a high probability that LeGarrette Blunt could be admitted back to the team this year and playing on the field. He's been on the practice squad this entire time, actually. So he's actually been a part of the team, but he may actually be back in a game and reinstated. So this is sort of a Michael Vick type suspension. This is, yes, apparently that's what it is. So, yeah, he's going to come back, which is just a stupid move. They've actually done amazing since he's been gone. They've actually done really well, and now they're going to throw him back into the mix and just screw everything up, which for some reason they want to do with uh, with this guy. So that... uh, as details come out about that, we'll let you know. Um, hopefully, we'll find out some more here today. Um, also, uh, this weekend in college football, so U of O is going to be playing Washington State, which is just kind of sad. Washington State's really, they, they ought to be relegated to playing in, like, the Portland Interschool, Interscholastic League or something like that. They're or just running out <laughs> Halloween costumes somewhere. It's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's beyond the point of them crying. I don't even think they cry anymore. It's just they just wait for you to hit them, and <laughs> they just lay down. Yeah, I think the four years that I went to WSU, I went to many football games, and I never went to one where they actually won. Well, no, of course not. Well, <laughs> why ruin a streak? Yeah, so so that's that's more just a, a sad situation all around. Uh, Oregon State is going to be playing Arizona State, and who's going to be crying this weekend in college football? Well, Cal fans, you were crying last week when U of O beat you, and you're going to be crying again this week because USC is going to destroy them, and it's kind of fun watching all their dreams uh, crash and burn. Um, Oklahoma is going to be playing uh, number 17 Miami, and this one's hard hard for me to pick because I hate both of these teams and I wish there was a way for both of them to lose. Uh, but unfortunately only one can and I think it's going to be Miami, which I would never root for Oklahoma, so I'm just going to root for Miami to lose. So really in an ideal situation for you, maybe one of the teams would lose, but then the winning team would have some sort of a problem on the way home where their bus went off a cliff. Yeah, that would that would probably work out right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, LSU is also going to, uh, I believe they are going to lose this week. And I predicted this last week and I was wrong, but I believe this week, Georgia will beat them. Now, in the NFL, there's a lot of uh, lot of matchups going on. I'm not even going to talk about the Packers-Vikings today. We'll talk about that on Monday. Um, the Ravens and Patriots are playing this weekend. The Chargers and Steelers. The Bills are at the Dolphins, and I'm kind of excited about that one because it's a new quarterback for the Dolphins. And I want to let everybody know that KUFO and myself will be hanging out at this week's Bud Backer Bar, which is McAdams Bar and Grill, this Sunday starting at 1 p.m. We're going to be drinking some beer and watching some NFL games on their big TVs, and we're going to be uh, giving out a lot of free stuff, and you'll be able to enter in for the grand prize of a man cave. Yes, a man cave, which includes a flat-screen TV, a leather chair. you give them chair. your man cave? <laughs> no. 
Not not in that way. That's what makes Greg Nibbler cry. No, we'll be drinking. Um, it's The Man Cave includes a flat screen TV, a leather chair, and a surround sound system provided by stream audio and video. And the only way to enter it for this grand prize is to come to the event itself, and I will give you the secret password. And that's uh, on Sunday. Password to Greg's Man Cave. God, you guys are going to cut this up, and it's just going to sound... Yes, we will. It's just an expression of love, Sarah. How does one That's get into your more than anything else. <laughs> come, come to McAdams on uh, Sunday at 1 p.m. and I'll let you know. Uh, so that's McAdams Bar and Grill, Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. at 5833 Southwest McAdam Avenue. All the details are at KUFO.com. Uh, we've got a couple of things left. Would you like to hear about Ted Williams' frozen head? More than anything. All right. Well, uh, Ted Williams, of course, had his had his head cryogenically frozen after he died in uh, 2002 at the age of 83. Well, apparently the people at uh, Alcor Life Extension Foundation in Scottsdale, Arizona, have not been exactly kind to this head. They've uh, there's a book coming out where there are allegations that they apparently used his head. Please tell me it's a bowling ball. Please tell me they rolled it down a hallway into some pins. No, although you are close to this, they basketball. Used... No, not basketball. Wait. They pose for photos with the head. Oh, no. They used it for batting practice. <laughs> they, and not only wow. just bat- batting practice, they apparently placed it on top of a tuna can. <laughs> and then attempted to dislodge it from said tuna can. Wait, let me understand this. So, oh, wow. When you say batting practice, wait, so like, as in like, like T-ball or like as in step right up when you're little <laughs> A stuffed elephant. I can't imagine the head would last too long if they really hit it too hard. So I don't know what kind of uh, instrument they were using for the batting practice. But I mean, were they using it like? But were they using his head like milk bottles at the state fair that you got to knock down? No, I'm, I'm assuming they were hitting it. They they placed it on the tuna can. Oh, so it's like um like and t-ball. swinging, yeah, like t-ball. Okay, exactly, more like a t-ball situation. It's more for the kids. Yeah, that's t-ball. I mean, it was frozen, so I suppose it could stand up to a lot of uh, like bird's eye, a lot of hitting. I'm just back on. Okay, yeah, all right. Yeah, seriously, yeah. ball talk is all porny today. <laughs> t-ball and t-balling. <laughs> Let's go t-balling with Ted Williams and uh, Greg's man cave. It's just an extension of friendship, though, really. <laughs> I don't even know where to go with that. All right. Um, so, also, the uh, Portland Timbers uh, started their uh, playoff playoff match last night. They played uh, last night at Vancouver. They unfortunately lost 2-1. Ah! to one, But it's really not that big of a deal because the way the playoffs work, it's two games Points, that they play. Right? Yeah. So, it's total goals scored. So, they're going to be playing this Sunday at uh, 4 p.m. At uh, at PGE Park, and that's presented by Spirit Mount Casino. So that's the second round. So if they score more than two goals, two goals or more than Vancouver, they will win the round and be able to advance. And single-game tickets for that are starting at $14 in advance. They're on sale now at the PGE Park box office. Area Ticketmaster locations online at Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. Or you can call right now at 503-228-4101, and we've got a pair of tickets for you if you are caller number 10 at 503-228-4101. And that concludes this edition of Ball Talk. There you go. Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up next, Ross Coleman, uh, professional bull rider. At 7 o'clock, Aaron Duran with the Week in Geek. We'll be checking in to survive it and drive it. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show continues next on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO.
It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us today. It's 503-228-4101. 503-228-4101. Coming up at the uh, top of the hour, we'll check in with... Uh, is it... Uh, is it Court? Is it Art Webb or is it Court and Fatboy? Um, I believe it's Art, but I haven't uh, spoken to, to Art Webb who, yet. They are at surviving and drive at Dick Hanna Dodge at the giant Vancouver Auto Mall at the corner of Fourth Plain and Auto Mall Drive, uh, right there in Vancouver, Washington. So that is all coming up. We'll also have Aaron Duran with the Week in Geek coming up uh, later on at eight o'clock. Dax Holt uh, from TMZ, and we will have uh, Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. That is all on the way. Don't forget, you can be voting for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest anytime right now at KUFO. .com. That is all the way until 4 o'clock this afternoon. 4 o'clock this afternoon is when the uh, voting will close, and we're going to announce the winner uh, today at 5 p.m. So today at 5 p.m., the winner will be announced. We will all be on site at Survive It and Drive It, uh, Dick Hanna Dodge Corner, 4th Plain, and Auto Mall Drive. So uh, you want to be voting right now, KUFO.com. In just a moment, we'll have... Some of the video from yesterday posted at rickemerson.com. <laughs> no, and so from a few days that. before, too, right? Is this the video where they were duct-taping you into the toilet? Yes. All right. Just, and it, uh, didn't, it doesn't show my glorious um, exit as I, as I freed myself from the bond. It only shows like half of your sort of Jennifer Garner uh, in alias kick as you were uh, getting yourself out of the uh, porta toilet that the engineers had attempted to tape you into. So just, uh, yeah, be watching for that. That'll be appearing at rickemerson.com in just a moment. Tim Riley is tracking the following stories for you on this uh, Friday. My, oh, my, what a busy morning. The Detroit morgue chief says families can't afford to claim their dead. They're piling up there. Controversy at a Texas county fair after a female turkey turns out to be a male. And a Colorado grandma throws a pillow at a bear who ate all her barbecue chicken. I'm sorry? <laughs> it's just a news tease. <laughs> but I'm... You can't okay. give it all away. All right. I can't right, just give right, it all away. All right. All right. All right. And uh, we also have a pair of tickets. Somebody asked me about Motorhead. We have a final pair of tickets for you to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, that is uh, coming up tomorrow at the uh, Roseland Theater. And so we have uh, your final pair of tickets for that coming up at some point today. Last but not least, before we uh, before we plunge on ahead here and welcome Ross Coleman to the show, I should note that yesterday at Survive It and Drive It, it was not your imagination if you were watching on the webcam. I was, in fact... Sitting in the back, I mean, it really, it, it did look like it was just something out of a Max Brooks fever dream, because I'm sitting in the back in a biohazard suit, there's a horde of flies everywhere, and then there's a zombie sitting next to me at one point, because Fright Town had sent one of their zombies along. Zombies were everywhere yesterday, I went to see Zombieland, and there was a row of them sitting behind me. <laughs> At Zombieland. And they're always ridiculous. really loud with their food, too. They were really loud, and every time um, like zombies would come on the screen, they'd start like grunting and stuff. Uh, it was it really was, weird. There was a zombie who showed up from Frytown yesterday at, uh, at Dick Hanna Dodge, and we didn't... Like, we knew the zombie was going to be... Like, we knew they were sending a zombie by to sit in the back of the uh, truck and just sort of stare at Katie and Jessica and th- 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 kind of, you know, making sort of low muttering noises to himself. But we didn't know when he was going to get there. And it was like a full-on Night of the Living Dead moment where we're all standing in the parking lot. And then we just see the zombie lurching across toward us from about 100 yards away. It was like a big screaming, they're coming to get you, Barbara, moment. All right, it is uh, 503-228-4101. Ladies and gentlemen, happening October 2nd and October 3rd. That is uh, October 2nd and October 3rd, which is tonight and tomorrow, of course, at the Rose Garden, the Professional Bull Riders Invitational. Tickets on sale uh, right now. Let us now welcome to the Rick Emerson Show, Mr. Ross Coleman. Hello, sir. Hey, thanks for having me. How are you guys doing? Not at all. Oh. Thank you for uh, Thank you for joining us. Are you afraid of zombies in any way, sir? I would think so. I don't know what you guys are talking about, but I guess <laughs> it sounds pretty pretty 
pretty sketchy. Well, it's... Because uh, we're strange people. <laughs> if when you leave the uh, building today, if you see somebody sort of staggering across the street and he appears to only have one eye and maybe just goes, nah, a lot, you just uh, walk walk quickly in the other direction. Okay. So. Uh, we'll, we'll do. Thank you. Done. I have to ask you this question because I have no athletic ability or skill at all, much less a talent that involves staying on top of an animal that is just, you know, probably meaning to do me serious harm. So if I were to go into any sort of, you know, rodeo world, bull riding, anything, I'd be a rodeo clown. There's just there's just no way around that. So is that a thing that they actually still use? Like, do they still have rodeo clowns? And do those guys ever get the, they ever get just the stuffing kicked out of them by an animal? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, anymore, you got the prof- professional bull riding. You got the bull fighters out there that are helping, helping the bull riders out, you know, getting the way. Uh, not getting the way, but get you know the bull's attention off the rider after the bull bull rider gets off or whatever, and kind of saves lives more or less. They're they're out there like uh, you know they're out there like uh, secret service in a way for for us. Are they the ones with the they step in? That's like uh, no. Are you thinking of like a Tory or like yeah, or, or whatever? Thinking. Yeah, but there's actually a clown out there too, which is the funny man. Like uh, he's pretty much like a comedian out there in the middle. In the middle of the arena, that will be out there at the Rose Garden tonight. That will, uh, like during commercial breaks, you know, he'll keep the crowd entertained, and and he's great. Flint Rasmussen's his name, and he's one of the most. Uh, he's really famous. People really follow him. He's a great guy. And but uh, the real reason why people are going to show up tonight at the bull riding is because the bull riders are here, and the best of the best. You know, the PBR. It's it's coming to the Rose Garden, and it's going to be really, really good, really exciting. And then. Tomorrow night's show is actually going to be showed Sunday on CBS, so it's a big deal. It's and this is deal. so. There's a forty of the forty of the top bull riders in the world who are going to be there, and then the winner tonight gets the Portland title and then goes to goes to Vegas, right? Isn't that the well? Well, you know, it's like a tour. The PBR has a tour, Built for Tough tour, which tours around the whole whole uh, United States throughout the whole year. Um, this is, uh, one of the last stops on the tour. So it's kind of like playoff time for us. Um, we got this stop. We got another stop next weekend in Ohio and then the following weekend in Connecticut. And then a couple weeks after that, we'll be in Vegas for Halloween. And, uh, that's when the, the world finals is in Vegas. So we all qualify and we're all trying to qualify to Vegas, which most of it. Most of us have qualified already, but there's a race for the world title right now between three guys, Cody Lostro, Glaramy Marchi, and J.B. Mooney that are right there close to, to winning the world title. And, and so it's like playoff time, and it's really exciting. If you you know get on PBRnow.com and check it on out, or else watch it on Versus every weekend. And, and this show will be on Versus this weekend and also CBS on Sunday. So it's, it's a great bull riding. I'm talking to Ross Coleman, uh, the event happens tonight and tomorrow at the Rose Garden Arena. I have to ask you this. The, uh, everything I know about, uh, you know about bull riding or anything, like 98% of it comes from movies that I've seen on TNT late at night, like 2 in the morning. And there's always that scene where like a Sam Elliott-looking guy is sort of looking over, and he's you know, over the fence or the, you know, the gate or whatever, and they're putting sort of the, you know, the young rider, and he's getting on, and Sam Elliott says... I don't know. You don't want to get on dynamite. The last three guys that have got on dynamite, hell, Jed still can't walk. To, it's not worth it. You know, just because you're trying to impress her is no reason to throw your life away, son. <laughs> and then the guy goes, you know, sometimes there's just a thing you got to do. And then the buzzer, uh, you know, the, goes and then the guy goes out. Is that like, are there certain uh, you know, animals that they, you know, you were bulls that you're going to get on and people just tell you like, no, 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 that, that one's bad news. You don't want to be oh. on him. Oh yeah, for sure. There's there's a couple of these bulls out there that are really really famous to be for being, you know, the the 
the bad the bad boys you know the 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 ones you don't want to get on or the ones that you know if you do get on them they're gonna uh they have a reputation for hurting a guy or, or for uh for being crazy crazy rank so um there'll be a bull here this weekend white magic and then there'll be a bull called say i won't gunner and there's a bull called big tex that might be here too i think he will be here which is big tex is probably the uh He's one of the most intimidating bulls in the world, so uh, uh, come come enjoy it. It's going to be good watching. How how big are how big are they? In other words, I'm you know so I'm if I'm standing up, you know, and I'm a little I'm I don't know, like five eleven or something. So if I'm like here, how how big is one of these things? Uh, those three bulls I named off are probably about uh, I don't know tall wise. They're probably you know five five or so five five three whatever, and then they're going to be. About two thousand pounds, almost. They're so, going to be big and long and strong. And that's a thing you don't want to step on. You then that would go. That would go poorly. That's exactly right. Yeah, that's a good idea not to get stomped on. So you get thrown off, and then you. What is it? If you get thrown off, you 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 know you suddenly you're on the ground. You go. Oh, wait a minute. Here I am on the ground. Is it you got to like try to figure out the the fastest way to get out or the best way to get out? And how how long do you have to do that before before you know the two thousand pound angry thing decides to start uh, walking over to you? Well, first off, your idea is to stay on the sunbuck for eight seconds, you know, and uh, make a good ride and take the power away from that bull and, and, you know, counteract every move he makes with one of your moves and, and style him out and make a good ride and get a good score. Uh, get off safely would be a good idea, hopefully on your feet, and then haul ass to the gate, you know, haul ass, get up and over the fence. But the bullfighters are going to step in there for you and take the shot or take take whatever they need to force because they're you know th- that's what they do for for a living and um it's something that uh it's one of the it's it's a great sport i mean we're i know you guys probably haven't seen much of it but i swear to you you come show show up at the rose garden this weekend if you've never seen it you'll be a fan for life i guarantee you actually growing up in uh i grew up in this town called kennewick and my parents were huge rodeo oh, yeah. fans and they would take us there and I just when I was a kid, uh, the th- I remember just having uh, this absolute realization watching it, where you realize two things: one, that that's not a thing I would ever be able to do because I just don't. Again, I just I, I'm just I'm because I'm I'm just a big uh, I'm just a big uh, uh, the Freddy cat basically. And two is you watch it and you, you realize exactly how many things you have to learn and how much you have to know to be able to do it. Because a lot of the people think you sit down, you grab on, and then you're holding on. But, I mean, it's a it's a whole lot of uh, rarefied skills kind of coming together at once. It happens tonight and tomorrow at the Rose Garden. Professional Bull Riders Invitational. It is uh, the PBR Built Ford Tough uh, World. Uh, to what's going on right now. It is touring going from one city to another, and there's going to be 40 riders there tonight, uh, tomorrow. And the website is what? Uh, PBRnow.com. But you can get on ComcastTix.com to buy tickets. Or you can show up at the Rose Garden and buy them. Tonight it starts at 8 o'clock and tomorrow night at 6 p.m. sharp. So uh, don't be late and show up and enjoy. It's the best bull riding in the world, I guarantee you. Awesome. Comcastics.com is where you get your uh, is where you get your tickets. Ross Coleman. By the way, two, two final things are, A, I'm going to change my name to Flint Rasmussen uh, at go. some point. Or maybe just Flint Emerson, you know, to give myself just kind of that hint of menace. Also, the final thought You're I want to... not badass enough to be a Flint brick. No, but I'm saying maybe with the name, though, comes the badassness. Maybe if I call myself Flint, maybe I'll become taller and I can have spurs that jingle jangle as I walk. The final thought I want to leave you with here, Ross, is, you know, son, it's just not worth it. There's no point in putting yourself in the hospital just to impress her. 
All right, there you go. <laughs> it's 503-228-4101. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Aaron Duran with The Week in Geek. And we'll also have Dax Holt from TMZ, and we'll check in with Art Webb. He's at Surviving and Driving at Dick Hanna Dodge. You stay right there. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Go nowhere. The Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we will check in with Art Webb at Dick Hanna Dodge for KUFO's Survive It and Drive It. The final day. Don't forget, you can be voting at KUFO.com right now. Be voting at KUFO.com right now. The polls close at 4 p.m. this afternoon, uh, which is about nine hours away, and then 5 o'clock this afternoon. All of us will be there. Uh, we will be on site at uh, Surviving and Driving this afternoon, 5 p.m., as the winner is announced. So Katie and Jessica are both in the truck right now. They are entering the, the absolute final stretch. 5 o'clock today, the winner will be announced. So you want to be voting, if you have not already, at KUFO. Dot com. So we'll check out with Art here in a few and find out the the haps, as the young people say out there. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com still on the way. Dax Holt from TMZ. And uh, in just a few minutes, Aaron Duran will have uh, the Week in Geek. Aaron Duran, what have ye for the good people of Portland today? For the good people of Portland, I have Cthulhu, hearse, uh, a hearse rally, and giant robots. Ooh, a hearse rally. Uh, we all latch on things. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you said a hearse rally for a second. That I didn't know if there was a... Uh, no, no, no. Okay. So, a Cthulhu. A Cthulhu update, a hearse rally, and... Robots. Robots. Robot monster. And I should note that this just arrived. I hold here in my hands uh, a copy of Zombie Survival Guide, The Recorded Attacks by Mac Brook, uh, Max so Brooks. Cool. I've read that, and it is awesome. So Max Brooks, the guy who did uh, World War Z and the Zombie Survival Guide, has made a graphic novel out of the last third of the zombie survival yeah. guy where they do a, a chronology of zombie attacks throughout history. So we're going to be talking to him next week. So excellent. So on the way, the week in geek with Aaron Durant, Tim Riley's tracking these stories on your Friday morning. Lots going on first. The unemployment rate is going up, up, up. It is the worst it's been since 1983. An alleged drunk runs into a moving max train and gets a little banged up. Three Portland convenience stores are robbed overnight and clerks might back shooting twice. The un the armed clerk is becoming more and more common here in Portland, as it should be. I mean, really, that's it. I mean, you know, enough guys go into a plaid pantry and get a little lead in the face. Maybe they'll stop doing it. The sad part was none of the bullets connected. So well, but it's good practice, though. I was just going to, you know, nothing. We have the whole weekend. Anything worthwhile takes a little, uh, you know, it takes a little time. It's 503-228-4101. That is all straight ahead, ladies and gentlemen. The Week in Geek next. Plus, we check in at Survive It and Drive It. Don't forget to vote right now at KUFO.com. Plus, more news from Tim Riley. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com and Dax Holt from TMZ. Stay right there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. It's 503 228 4101 coming up here in just a few minutes. We'll have Aaron Duran with the Week in Geek. Dax Holt from TMZ on the way and uh, another edition of Ball Talk with Greg Nimbler Plus News and Tim Riley. Our good friend Art Webb is on side at KUFO's Survive It and Drive It, which means it's that time once again. 
Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Indeed, he's at the corner of 4th Planet Auto Mall Drive, right outside the truck that has held Katie and Jessica for what is, I believe, 262 hours or something like that. Are, do we, how many hours are we at exactly? Oh, no. Uh, Twenty-two minutes. I'm sorry. Can you say that? What we uh, lost part of your, uh, your your response there? What 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 is the time count? Two hundred and sixty-four hours. So we're two hundred and sixty-four hours. You were pretty hours. close, Rick. That's a little unnerving. I, you know, it's uh, it's what I do. It's a rarefied. It's sort of a, uh, it's you know, it's like a toothpick counting skill. So two hundred and sixty-two hours. And based upon talking to them yesterday, they both seem firmly convinced that they are in the in the lead. Uh, I don't think it has entered. Maybe they just can't allow themselves to entertain the possibility that they might lose because then you got to, you know. That's two weeks of your life you'll never get back. Yeah, I mean, because then you're just, you know, just living in your own waste and, and leavings for two weeks, you know, for, for, really, uh, for really nothing. Um, do you sense any kind of, uh, uh, you know, relief from them today or any uh, sort of change in their attitude now that they're entering or have entered the last day they're going to be in the truck? Thing, uh, things seem very... Or things seem very zen-like, calm-like out here. I'm sorry. Just uh, can you I, not hear I can barely. I can barely uh, hear if he's there. All right. I'm can sorry. You, We're can having, you turn up your mic at all? Having just or? a little bit of a technical issue there. I'm not getting most of his response. But so they. So things seem sort of zen. Is there? Um. You know. Is is there any uh, sense from either of them that they feel that they've got it locked? Have you talked to them and discern whether their attitude is sort of held up in terms of uh, in terms of being in the lead? I can't wake them up. <laughs> they resist all attempts to be forced into consciousness. I was in the back of that truck yesterday for about half an hour. Now, I granted, still can't believe you did that. I, you can go to rickemerson.com. You can see the video. I was in this full-on biohazard suit. And I thank the sweet Lord for that science and technology because I was not able to smell the filth that was surrounding them. My question is, I can't even imagine how they eat. Because, I mean, leaving aside the issues of odor, like, Sarah, if I were to put you... Hmm. Uh, if I were to give you industrial strength nose plugs, in other words, to remove all of your olfactory input altogether, but if I were to have you sitting in the middle of a pile of garbage covered in flies, and then said, no, 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 but here's some custard. Why don't you have some? Oh, I mean, there's, God, you'd nev- no. you, you wouldn't be able to eat. No. And they are just, uh, I mean, they're continuing to chow down three, four, five times a day in there, which is... You know, a little more intestinal fortitude uh, uh, than I have. Are, do you guys have any uh, surprises, any sort of uh, wake-up call or anything planned for them on this, their final day of torment? We're going to get loud out here. What do you... Uh, the bullhorn out. Well, uh, we'll have, I think we're going to do a collection of uh, everything that we've put them through in the past two weeks here. So you're going to have a little bit of a... Noises and songs. Almost like a montage. You're going to have sort of a, uh, like a this is your life in hell kind of a thing. Exactly, a little wrap up for them. Just loud noises and uh, songs, and we'll uh, we'll make their lives a living hell for these last few hours. I mean, really, because this is uh, this is pretty much your last opportunity. We're at ten hours now. Uh, we shall join you at doing that later. So we will all be out there, corner of Fourth uh, Plain and Automall Drive, Dick Hanna Dodge, the final day of KUFO Surviving and Driving Contest. Be sure to vote online right now at KUFO.com. Uh, voting closes at 4 p.m., and, of course, the winner announced at 5 p.m. We will all be out there. It's going to be a big to-do, as they say. That is 5 p.m. this afternoon, the winner announced. We'll pay another visit to our web next hour. He is live at Dick Hanna Dodge. Ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from geekinthecity.com, our good friend Aaron Duran. Hello, sir. Greetings programs. 
The Week in Geek commences now with any number of things happening. It is officially the busiest weekend of all time in Portland. Uh, starting tonight at the uh, West Burnside Powell's is the premiere of Boilerplate. Uh, that's the steampunk robot comic. Uh, a lot You've probably seen the images of this robot posing with Teddy Roosevelt or Pancho Villa. Mm-hmm. They are finally getting their book released tonight at the West Burnside Powell's. Uh, Paul Guinan is going to be doing a reading of the book, and it's going to be awesome. And then tomorrow at the tomorrow at the Lloyd Center DoubleTree, the same place where they held the Stumptown Comic Festival, is uh, the Portland Halloween Bazaar, where they're going to have just all kinds of merchants with Halloween swag crafts. Uh, they're going to have the Death Proof Nova is going to be there. Um, there's going to be a bunch of hearses there that you can kind of hang out and you know play inside. And there's going to be bands and puppet shows. <laughs> but the really cool part about it is I will be debuting my three-page teaser to the first Geek in the City comic book. Sweet. How- Good yeah. for you. Thank well you. done. Yeah, it's going to be uh, nerve-wracking because this time I'm behind the table. <laughs> now, what is the what is the name of the comic? Uh, the comic is named La Brujia, which is all about the uh, Mexican witch. La Brujia. So I'm, um, you know, it's a uh, fantasy fairy tale placed in the modern era book, but I'm using a lot of Mexican folklore. Cause... So when you say it's a, a teaser, I mean obviously that's just a couple of pages, but is this yeah. like? Is this uh, like when they show you the first nine minutes from a movie, or is this an overview? What does the teaser material it actually the, consist uh, of? The, the cover, uh, the first three pages, and then a couple pages of character bios, because I'm always a fan of the old 1980s style where they would draw a picture of the character and a quick right. little bio up of it. So that's what it's going to be. Uh, to get into the bazaar, it's $5, and it's uh, free if you're ten if you're under 10. I'm so kids there. under 10 get Do in for free. for that? Uh, well, yeah, you might be a giveaway. <laughs> going to be on your knees with a lisp. Hello? Please, I would like to get inside the bazaar. All right. Halloween bazaar that happens at the Lloyd Center Doubletree? Yeah, tomorrow. And the Death Proof car is going to be there the as Death well. The Death Proof Nova is going to be there. The one that Kurt Russell is driving. Or, or one of the exact replicas of it, but still. That is fantastic. Yeah. But most importantly, so you're going to have to be unveiling the three-page teaser for your comic book. When is the full comic going to come out? Uh, we are shooting for a couple months. Uh, a couple months from now, we're going to have it coming out. And trust me, I'll be I'll be mad whoring when that day comes. Now, is this the first comic you have made? Yes. Wow. Yep, this will be the first one that I've I've edited on some, and I've done some dialogue cleanup on some. This is the first one that is 100% written by me and drawn by an artist named James Sinclair, who uh, just does some fantastic art. Excellent. Well, congratulations Thank in you. advance. Um, the other thing that is happening on Saturday, if you want to take a quick little break from the Halloween Bazaar, is Portland's first Bacon Fest. Put on by the uh, the folks who do the Meat Show podcast. The Meat Show, <laughs> <laughs> and it's exactly what it sounds like. It is a convention all given, uh, all dedicated to bacon. There's going to be bacon cookoffs, but they're going to have bands, and the Rogue Brewery is going to be there. The Dry Crowny Cooks are playing at Bacon Fest. <laughs> My head is going to explode. Where is this happening? Uh, unfortunately, that one I don't have the address. If you go to geekinthecity.com, I'll put all the links up bacon to everything I'm talking Fest. about. And that's this weekend? That's also this Saturday. See, here's the thing. My wife is gone this weekend. Uh, Lara's oh out God, of town. Gonna You're going to power load. Fest. That's seriously, no. I mean, I mean that's just going to be it. It's just, I'm going to do nothing uh, but go, go look at a you know, succession of uh, geeky displays while stuffing my face full of pork. Right. I mean, that's pretty much it. That's my. I've got my whole, and then I'm going to go see Motorhead. My whole weekend is set. I'm done. And then starting today and playing all the way through Sunday is the HP Lovecraft Film Festival and Cthulhu Con at the Hollywood Theater. Cthulhu Con. That's right. <laughs> and I got to go see Zombieland, which I know Sarah saw last night and you've it is seen. awesome. I have not seen Look it. Look really yet. closely. There is a World War Z reference in Zombieland. Really? A character, I'm not going to say where or when. You got to be looking really hard for it. A character is holding a copy of World War Z. That's fantastic. And they reference Patient Zero. There was a reference I, to it. Is that when he's holding the comic? 
No, no, he's holding the uh, a character is holding the book. Um, it's a bathroom scene. That's okay. all I'll give you. Oh, okay, I know exactly what you're talking about. There was yeah. actually a reference to World War Z in, uh, in toward the season finale of True Blood. There was a sequence where Jason Stackhouse is like collecting a whole series of weapons. He's kind of getting ready to get his ash on, and he's got all of these guns laid out. And he goes, "This is just like that oral history of the zombie war." <laughs> and he just like threw the line away, and nobody really commented on it. It was there. You blink, you miss it, but that it was awesome. Clearly, a bit of a shout out. Awesome. That is happening uh, all this weekend. So it's bacon. It's comics. It's uh, it's Magic. everything. You, it's Cthulhu. It's the thing that should not be. It is the color of space. <laughs> <laughs> Find out more at geekinthecity.com. You're one of our favorite people. You really are. Thank Aaron you. Geek in the City Duran, ladies and gentlemen. Find out more at geekinthecity.com. Coming up next, Tim Riley with the news. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ will check in again at KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest. And uh, Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. Don't go anywhere. Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Broadcasting in ADHD. Let's just remember to scream until Daddy stops. The Rick Emerson Show returns. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up at 8 o'clock, Dax Holt from TMZ. Also, uh, an update from Mr. Skin at MrSkin.com about all that is new in the world of celebrity nudity. We'll check in with Art Webb at KUFO's Survive It and Drive It contest now in its gripping final hours. So we are about... Uh, Eight hours away from the close of voting. So if you have not yet voted, you can do so at KUFO.com. And, of course, we're all going to be out there this afternoon at 5 p.m. as the winner is unveiled. Also, if you go to uh, RickEmerson.com right now, you can see some of the video we shot last night. So there's two things that have been posted. I posted the uh, the biohazard sequence where I am kind of suited up and I'm getting into the back of the truck. And you can see me actually sort of... I mean, and I waited until I was shielded behind many, many layers of rubberized protection. Going through some of the items that I found in the back seat, I don't know. There was this bottle of something, and I don't know what it was. Was it liquid? It was sort Once of. Once upon a time? It was kind of a thickish sort of liquid. I'll just say this. I found what was a water bottle at one point. It was like a, you know, like a bottled water thing. It wasn't water anymore, though. The water was long since gone, and it was filled with some sort of a brackish brown liquid substance. And I don't know what that was. I don't know where it came from. I don't know anything about it. So uh, you can see me poking around inside the landfill on the back seat. Oh, wow. You're a brave man. There's also the, uh, well, I was protected by science, which is the only reason I touched anything. And you can also see the video of uh, the engineers trying to tape up Sarah inside a toilet and then her kicking the door open sort of alias style. And then I didn't. I didn't really have, I think, a complete mental picture of what you meant when you guys said that there were beer cans inside one of those porta potties. But you can see all of that in horrifying living color at rickemerson.com right now. At the news desk, it's your personal savior, Tim Riley. Live from the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It's 742. Expect showers today. Highs in the 60s and a 50-50 chance of... Uh, why are my headphones not working? Are they plugged in? I think so. I can barely hear myself. I don't know what's happening here. Anyway, I expect a 50-50 chance of showers tomorrow. Partly sunny for the weekend. Portland Freightliner employees can thank their lucky stars with their pension plan. It has saved their jobs and their plant. The German owners found on it. They shut down Portland's Freightliner... 
they'd have to fork out $130 million in pensions. Oh, no, no, we're not going to do that, said the crafty Germans. We're going to keep it open. Let me understand this. So they're actually, so the only reason they're not going to be laying everybody off is because they don't want to have to pay out a pension uh, fund. That's it. Yes. That's Are you correct. wearing the wrong headphones? <laughs> I, I was, ow, no, they're too loud. <laughs> Jesus, God almighty. Oh, it's no. It's Friday. And here's what just happened. So Tim put on headphones that did not belong to him. There was two <laughs> pair of headphones sitting on the, uh, this thing all the sitting way. on the counter. They looked very similar. Uh, and so Tim put on the wrong pair of headphones and kept turning up the volume and couldn't, couldn't, couldn't figure out exactly why the volume wasn't increasing. And it's because you were turning up the volume of the headphones on the counter, not the yes. ones you were wearing. So then when you figured out your mistake just now, you took off those headphones, put on the correct headphones, the volume of which have been raised to unlistenable levels and just deafened yourself. Yes, but I'll be fine. It is Friday, isn't it? All right, here's Tim Riley. Ted Williams' severed head is being abused in the Arizona cryonics facility where he's being kept in a smoldering kettle until it's time to bring him back and put him back together again. So this is uh, the, the, the Ted uh, This is Ted Hughes. He was a... Uh, Ted he, Williams. Ted Hughes. Ted Williams. The splendid splinter of the Ted Hughes Red Sox. Yes, the husband of Sylvia Plath is being abused right now. So Ted Williams' head was frozen. And, and that, the rest of them. But, and that's not like a Disney thing, like a Walt Disney where they speculate about. Like, this is an actual fact that right. his body and his, you know, it was all taken and it was cryogenically preserved. Mm-hmm. And then Greg had something about how they were using it for baseball practice or t-ball practice or something. That is correct. So now we have uh, more on the story. Apparently, a technician is taking baseball-like swings at Williams' frozen head with a monkey wrench. So now it's going to be harder to put back on. What do you mean with a monkey wrench? With a monkey wrench. One of those big wrenches? Monkey uh, wrench. I, I know, but I mean, what? I don't understand how that would... First of all... When somebody gets their body frozen, isn't it, I don't know, in, in a tube or something or in a vault? It's in a kettle, like in a big soup kitchen. But, I mean, shouldn't you at least have to have, like, a key or something to get Apparently into that? Apparently he does. This is the trusted person. Of all of the heads in all the world that you could play, I mean, I guess there's a baseball connection there, so maybe it makes some sort of perverse sense. But, I mean, and a monkey wrench. Like, wouldn't you think that you would at least bring in an actual bat? I mean, just for some some kind of sport-like purity? Yes, all right, you would well, think so. That's not how you want to end your... That seems messy. But that's what I'm like saying. It's like pointy parts that could like dislodge things. It's going to damage the head, too, because... I well, mean, it's going to make it harder to put them back together when the time comes. All the king's horses and all the king's men could not remove the many monkey-wrench-inflicted wounds to point Ted a Williams' face. Point A will not go back on point B easily. Here's another question. Why is it just the head of Ted Williams that they've got preserved? Well, I I, I don't know. Maybe I mean, the rest of them was no good. That but is I mean, strange, because if he wants to come back to life, he's going to need more than a head. Greg, what is up with... Is true. Why is it just the head? <laughs> I, you know, I think they do that with a lot of them, though, when they freeze them. They just they just do the head. I think the theory is that some future technology, I don't know, will grow them a new body or something like that. Uh, I'm, I'm that not just a, seems or made up. That, ju- or something. that just seems stupid. The idea that, that, that you're going to be able to. No, no, no. We have a uh, we have a big bottle of Skelligro here, and we're going to uh, create a brand new uh, carriage for you from scratch. So now this head's going to need plastic surgery. I mean, if you've already gone to the trouble of freezing the head, why not freeze the rest? Like you've already paid for. If you have the money to keep yourself cryo- uh, cryogenically preserved, it seems like. You know, like the upsell is relatively minor at that point. Like, look for an additional 10%. We'll also preserve your legs and the rest of your system. All right. Well, what do I know? All right. Here's Tim Riley. Well, there's a big controversy in Texas today. That whole state is talking about what's happening at the Texas County Fair. It seems that a female turkey has turned out to be a male. The investigation continues. 
Yes, seriously, this is the uh, the top story in Texas today. <laughs> And I hit it. Nothing a happened. gender controversy at the Fort Bend County Fairgrounds. Some say the grand champion turkey hen isn't really a female. She's actually a tom. And that's ruffled some feathers. We are told that three officials actually looked at that turkey and determined it was a female. But there are a lot of questions pointing that it's actually a male. This is kind of a subject to call. The questions began just hours after the champion hen was crowned. This bird obviously started to, uh, to struggle a bit. And I think they noticed that about 36 hours after the show. That's it off the fire store. The board of directors went into an emergency meeting but decided the outcome would stay the same. It's a final decision and that's what we do in, in, in the judge and fill out here, uh, whether we're showing cattle or we're showing sheep or whatever, whatever that judge uh, selects or uses, uh, that's, that's that final decision. You don't think the family tried to pull the family? Oh, no, not. Definitely not. Great family. No, no way. No way. Officials say the really the only way to figure out if this was a male or female would to be to butcher the bird. Okay. Was that worthwhile? Yes, it was. Thank God that you do not live in a community where a firestorm erupts over whether a chicken is male or female. They're going to have to slaughter it to get the correct answer. Because that doesn't seem like a disproportionate response to figuring out something stupid. Yeah, you could check other things, can't you, besides murdering? Or you could just go to the library and just, you know, spend the day reading a book. But that's the way Texas solves problems. (laughs) Murder it first and then investigate later. Well, we can't figure out the truth until we do ourselves some killing. It's much easier to find the answer if it's not moving. Give me a stepladder. All right, it's 503-228-4101. Top of the hour, we'll have more news from Tim Riley, Dax Holt from TMZ. We'll check in at Survive It and Drive It. Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler and Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. It's the Rick Emerson Show. We are live from beautiful downtown Portland, Oregon. Don't go anywhere. We return next. Stay right there. More of the Rick Emerson Show in mere moments. Only on Rock 101. KUFO. KUFO Portland. It's the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Thank you for joining us. Coming up here in just a few minutes, we'll talk to Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database. Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk at 820. And we'll be checking in in just moments with uh, Art Webb at KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Now. Eight hours exactly from the close of voting. 4 p.m. this afternoon is the last time you can vote. It closes at 4 p.m., so you've got between now and then. Uh. Be casting your vote for either Jessica or Katie at KUFO.com. Can you turn up the bass in my headphones? Uh, at 5 o'clock, we'll be announcing the uh, winner of that contest. So you want to be out there, you want to be watching online, you want to be listening. Will there that be is... a victory parade with everybody jumping into the truck and go down fourth plane? It's going to be a parade of shame. That's really what's going to be Those happening. Those are the best kind. Because one of the girls is going to uh, be winning that truck, and the other girl is going to be covered in failure and bringing embarrassment upon her family and her house. Uh, speaking of uh, surviving and driving, I'm looking uh, right now at these videos. You want to go to rickemerson.com. They're also on my Facebook page, but you can go to rickemerson.com. You see two videos. The first is of Sarah being not chased into the toilet as such, but you're being chased by a gorilla and Greg Nibbler. You then go into the toilet. You're in the toilet, which the engineers then tape shut. Then you have to kick your way out of it, and then it's you and the gorilla again. And I know that what I'm saying now just sounds like a bunch of goddamn like nonsense. First, there is a gorilla. Then there is no gorilla. Then there is a mountain. Dig it. You see this at rickemerson.com, and it'll make incrementally more sense. Also, directly beneath that, 
I'm just going to show you guys here in the studio a little bit of a screen cap. I don't know if you can see this. Uh, oh, wow. Just this little screen capture of me in this biohazard suit. Uh, this is uh, this is me in the back of the truck yesterday as I was getting ready to host a debate between Jessica and Katie. So go to rickemerson.com. You can see those videos and lots more. It looks like you're encased in a peanut shell. Really? Yes. I think so. I thought I it mean, like he was wearing a duck costume. It's like a, yeah, it's this bright banana yellow red outfit that listener Jeff provided me with so that I would uh, not be suffocated by the stench nor consumed by the microbes that are lurking in the back of that truck. Tim Riley's tracking these stories on your Friday morning. All right. Everybody loves kids, don't they? Yes. Well, kids born today will live to be 100 years old. So if you don't like them already, well, you better get used to them. They'll be around. Laughter and frivolity in the cockpit have to stop. Pilots making chicken noises and flirting with shapely stewardesses have been contributing factors to recent airline crashes. And three Portland convenience stores are robbed overnight. In two of those, the clerk pulls the gun and shoots at the thief. Sadly, he misses twice. Well, but, you know, practice makes perfect. So I'm By next you, week, we'll have a couple done. Robbers keep it up. Eventually, we'll be taking you out of there with a dust buster. It's 503-228-4101. It's that time once again. Rock 101 KUFO's Survive It and Drive It Update. Live from Decana Dodge in the giant Vancouver Auto Mall. Our good friend Art Webb there at the giant Vancouver Auto Mall, Decana Dodge, the corner of 4th Plain and Auto Mall Drive. Eight hours left for the voting. What is that sound I'm hearing in the background, Art? We uh, have decided to take, uh, we have GarageBand on a laptop out here, and we have uh, started making our own mixes of beats, and uh, we, we got we got some audio going in the truck here. I'm going to stick the mic in here right. just so you can get an example. How are going to let that go for a while? How long has that been going as of now? Uh, we're about 10 minutes into that now. And how long do you plan on letting it go? Uh, we'll let that go. Maybe another half hours. I mean, we, it's it's loud in there. That uh, that that didn't accurately uh, portray how. Excellent. Loud you, you know, I think that uh, I'm going to get out there early enough this afternoon. I uh, I really didn't get a chance to use that dental drill sound nearly as much as I wanted to, and we only got to go th- twice through this composition. I have uh, Wired magazine put together the 21 minute uh, the, the magnum opus that is scientifically speaking the worst song ever created. They had three guys from MIT create the very worst song in the history of music by using a scientific analysis of all the elements that make a song awful. I've got that, and I feel that this is really my last chance to inflict it upon an audience that can't physically remove themselves from the vicinity. So I I'm want gonna, to hear that. I'm going to do that today. It's, it's fantastic. Okay, it cool. really is. Uh, it's, it's quite something. Um, once all of this comes to an end, 4 o'clock is when the balloting is going to close. 5 o'clock, the winner is going to be announced. Uh, do you have any read on on what, based on y- your uh, interactions with uh, Katie and Jessica so far this morning, do you have any read on what the loser might do? In other words, are we just going to see somebody just dissolve into a heap of shame and sadness and failure in front of us? What, what do you think might happen when we announce the loser? Well, why don't we ask here, uh, Jessica, say you were to lose this uh, truck today at, at 5 o'clock. How would you react? How do you feel like you would react if after all this two weeks of sitting in this thing? It, it's you lose. If I lose, I'll be disappointed. But I came here to survive it, and that's what I'm trying to do. Disappointment all around. 
So uh, she really is a, uh, she has the game face on, as they say. They're playing this all she the way to the bitter day end. day one, too, man. Jessica's whole mode, I think, has just been to go uh, detached. You know, she has a very sort of two-dimensional uh, facade that she's putting up, which I, you she's know. She's like outside of her body almost. That's the thing is, like, I think she just found, it's like when you go to the Hanoi Hilton. You just got to find your private place inside and you just stay there for the duration, however long it, uh, however long it takes. Um, Katie is there. Have uh, have any of them had? Uh, I think Katie's husband came by. Have any of them had their kids come by because they both got the uh, children? Katie, your kids came by yesterday, right? What's that? Did your kid come by yesterday and your husband? Yes, my husband and my son came by yesterday. Now I'd be curious to know from Katie: Did that make it easier or more difficult to stay in the truck seeing loved ones? Did that make it harder or more difficult for you to uh, see your loved ones? It didn't at all. I was excited to see him, um, and they're in full support, and he's excited, giving me hugs and kisses and all that stuff, and telling Mommy, you stink, but, you know. <laughs> you should ask her um, if her husband came to visit her in one of their many vehicles. Yeah, how did the did husband, husband get there? Come? How did your husband get down here? Uh, he's got his, his rig for work. All right, then. That's a vehicle number one of three, I think, perhaps to and be if four. And his work is a Volvo. Yes. <laughs> All right. Art Webb is on site at KUFO's Survive It and Drive It. And finally, Art, just looking, I want you to just a little exercise here. It's almost like a word association game. If you can, please look into the back seat uh, of that truck and just name the first three items that you see back there. Hold on. they got to unlock the door for me All right. real quick. All right. Door is open. List okay, the first three I things. See uh, two liter bottles of full Coke. Uh, disgusting boxes that I've... Oh, I've never opened this back door. This is the first time I've looked into this thing. And uh, a giant speaker. Yeah, it is, uh, it is in the back seat. And cricket uh, corpses. Larry, and cricket yeah. corpses everywhere. It is like looking into the abyss. All yeah, right. There's... Jeez. Oh, <laughs> that was a real gaggy one. We'll go out on that. <laughs> Art Webb is on site at Survive It and Drive It, ladies oh, and gentlemen. Let's, I can just taste that. Welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show. From TMZ, our good friend Dax Hold weighing in on a very busy Friday. Hello, Dax. How are you today, man? I'm doing good. Yeah, just stepped out of the meeting so I could come chat with you. Thank you so much. I know that it's the chaos for everybody uh, right now. I, I And I know that things are changing a mile a minute right now. Are you talking a bit about the uh, the Letterman thing today? Yeah, this this was a pretty crazy story. I mean, he came out last night on his show and said that uh, some guy had trying to be uh, was trying to extort $2 million out of him. I guess sent him uh, some packages like three weeks ago and inside said, look, I know that you've been sleeping with some of the people on your, your staff, and I'm willing to go go public with it unless you give me $2 million. And this guy is a producer for 48 hours, like a really well-known producer, really um, successful. And I guess he's the boyfriend of one of the women that uh, David allegedly slept with. And Letterman got married earlier this year in March to Regina Lasko. They've been seeing each other for a long time. They have a kid together. Um, he Letterman, to his credit, he was pretty unflappable about it last night. He came out, and he was very matter-of-fact, very uh, point-blank about it, didn't try to to, uh, to make it appear prettier or, or, uh, or more honorable than it was. He just was very straightforward about it. Uh, Probably, honestly, the best movie could have done, though. I think so. It's uh, he's it went a, over so well because he's a very you know the, the, he's a very class act in that way that you get the sense when Letterman levels with you that you're getting the real the real story. And he said that uh, it would have been embarrassing for his family had this come out the other way, but this is the best way to handle it. Do, so the FBI busted this guy. Is that what I heard is that they told Letterman to write a fake two million dollar check. And to deliver it, and that's how they would nab the guy. Is that how it came about? Exactly how it came about. Exactly. And then they caught the guy. I, I just, 
honestly, we've been talking a lot about the, the way he handled himself. And I, I see this, I, I think it's probably the best PR move he could have ever done. And I think it's probably the best way that anyone has ever told people either. Yeah, I you know, mean... Go ahead. It seems it seems to have been an almost flawless delivery of this, and it's one of those things that I think other celebrities, if they find themselves in a, in a situation in the future, they will probably look at Letterman's handling of this as an example of how to uh, how to address it. Exactly, and you know what? Honestly, I think a lot of people in the audience thought he was joking, right? And so they were laughing at it, you know, but. Uh, that's what made it so great. It is a uh, it is a huge story. So, all right, uh, Daxhold, I know it's a, a very busy day for you, so I'm going to let you uh, get back to what sounds to be an incredibly hectic day at the office. You have a fantastic weekend, sir. We will talk to you next week. Thanks, man. Daxhold from TMZ, seen tonight on TMZ Television, 1130 on Fox 12. All right. It's 503-228-4101. When we return, we will have Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com, as well as Greg Nibbler's Ball talk. We'll find out who's heading the head of Ted Williams with what. <laughs> I just uh, some days this show is just beyond even my ability to do to comprehend or explain. Plus, Motorhead tickets on the way. Stay there. We're live from Portland. This is the Rick Emerson Show on Rock 101 KUFO. Putting the cult in pop culture. I've never seen any of the Star Wars movies. Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. Hi, Rick Emerson. Show who's this? Hey, this is Shelly. Hi, Shelly. How are you today? I'm great. I uh, I listen. On the internet. I'm from Texas. Are you in <laughs> Texas right now? I am in Texas. I'm in Houston. Okay. And I had to call in and say that I was absolutely embarrassed that that turkey story was seen as the top news in Texas today. Apparently, it's an issue that is gripping people across your state. They uh, they can't seem to get anything else done because they are too uh, wound up in this issue of whether or not the turkey is uh, is male. It's, uh, it's brought activity in your state to a standstill. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, out where the um, where the Texas State Fair is held, though, I think that's pretty much the biggest thing going on for them. It uh, it is the center of their world. Uh, apparently. Now, <laughs> if you live in Houston, how different is Houston from you know uh, I don't I don't know some of the more far flung places? Is is living in Houston sort of like living in a separate state altogether in some ways? Um, we are we're very uh, city, I guess. You know, we are we we. I'll give you an example. I drove out to uh, to New Mexico at the in the beginning of August, and um, you know, we were frankly terrified of some of the towns we drove through. <laughs> were you just on a roll up the windows and drive as quick as you can? Let's get out of here as fast as possible. Well, yeah, we drove through at night, so it's four in the morning, and we're going, "Oh, please, God, don't let us run out of gas." <laughs> it's straight out of a horror movie. Otherwise, they'll just they'll find your bones buried by the side of the road in Odessa. Yeah, well, you start to hear like da ding 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 ding. You know, <laughs> the banjos. Well, I'll tell you what. We will uh, from now on. Whenever we talk about uh, stories in Texas, we will make a mental and occasional verbal exception for Shelley and her family in Houston. Exactly. Well, I called up um, when you guys were talking about regional accents because I never get. You know, you guys said, "Oh, well, Alabama has one, Texas has one, Portland, New York." I've never been told that I sound like I'm from the South. I would never have guessed it. Are you from there originally? <laughs> I would not have put that together. If I can ask, how'd you discover the show? Well, my, my boyfriend's from New York. He was looking for stations. He's a Giants fan, so we were looking for stations to listen to the Giants games. 
Um, and then I got bored with our radio stations and uh, and found you guys on there. Awesome. Excellent. Will you call us anytime and thank him for listening as well? <laughs> Thanks. Thank you, Shelly. Bye. That is uh, Shelly in uh, Houston listening to us online. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's 503-228-4101. In just moments, we have Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from MrSkin.com, the online celebrity nudity database, our good friend, Mr. Skin. Hello, sir. What is up in the world of bosoms and butts? <laughs> well, first of all, I wanted to mention that Michael Moore's Capitalism, A Love Story, has no nudity. Though uh, I do think during an interview I could see upper butt crack during a scene, but I will have to wait for the DVD to come out, so. Uh, anyway, no skin in capitalism. Uh, Zombieland is an R-rated movie that opens in theaters this weekend starring Woody Harrelson. It's a horror comedy, and uh, there's no nudity. Amber Heard is the co-star, and uh, she made my list of the 100 greatest nude scenes of all time for the movie The Informers. It came in at number 63. Uh, you might also know her as the hot blonde in Pineapple Express, Seth Rogen's girlfriend. But Zombieland opens in theaters this weekend. It's getting really good reviews and uh, uh, should do really well at the box office. Um, also, on DVD, The Hills Run Red is a horror movie. You're going to see a lot of horror movies coming out this month of October. Uh, that's a new release DVD. And Sophie Monk, who's an Australian singer-turned-actress, singer she looks like Brigitte Bardot, she has five nude scenes in this movie, and she's gorgeous. Picture a modern-day Brigitte Bardot and, uh, uh, with an incredible body, and uh, that's Sophie Monk. So The Hills Run Red is a new release DVD this week. Also, Cougar Town has been out now on ABC. They've had two episodes, and Courtney Cox has looked great in her underwear. They're not afraid to show it off uh, on the shows. And uh, if you want to see Courtney naked, of course, Blue Desert, a movie she did in 1991, 53 uh, minutes in. It was about three years before she hit a big on Friends. Uh, so 18 years ago, you can see uh, Courtney Cox naked. Uh, it, it's a movie that hasn't been released on DVD, but we do have it at MrSkin.com. And uh, finally, uh, Californication uh, opened on Sunday night on Showtime, and Kristen Blackport was naked in the opening scene with David Duchovny. But what I'm really excited about is Eva Amori, who is Susan Sarandon's daughter, will be naked in episodes three and four. And uh, picture... Uh, a young Susan Sarandon with the same incredible uh, chest. So it runs in the family, and you will be seeing it in episode uh, three of California. Now, is that girl, has she been, I've actually seen the first two episodes of this mm -hmm. season's Californication. I saw a, a preview of, of uh, an advance of, of episode two. Has she been in either of these episodes? In other words, have I seen her yet? Well, I haven't seen episode two. I've only seen the first because uh, I didn't get the uh, sneak peek like you did. But um, she's going to be one of the students, I believe, because, you know, he's going to be a teacher at the at the college. So. I know exactly who that is. If it's the, is she blonde? Yeah, blondish hair. Oh, dude. Boobs. Okay, I, uh, Rick Emerson got... is a fan of this. Okay, All right, I... cool. Then you're going to have to tune in uh, for the episode three because she shows him in there. So. Wow. And, th and four. So. Okay, excellent. Fantastic. As always, more, today more than ever, you are doing the Lord's work, sir. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks, Rick. Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com. Awesome. If you have not, Greg, you're uh, and you're a Californication fan. Yes. So you know, you've seen episode two as well, right? I have. You know the girl I'm talking about, that blonde girl who's in class, who is the roommate of the guy that ends up in the hospital. Yes. And yes, uh, I do. I mean, that's here's that's the, who that's who that is. That's Susan yeah. Sarandon's daughter. And the thing is, she looked familiar, and I couldn't quite figure out why. But now that's totally what it is. He nailed it. She looks like a young Susan, like Susan Sarandon, even before Rocky Horror. 
like a like a nineteen year old Susan Sarandon or something, and she's just gorgeous. Oh just, yeah, yeah. And her name is what is her stage name? Eva Amore. So, oh, uh, oh, of course it is. <laughs> I strongly urge everyone if you're a fan of the female form. I mean, it's a great show, but I, really, just for no other reason than that girl, uh, watch Californication episode two, uh, which is coming over this Sunday. Oh, it's also, so you can be horrified by Kathleen Turner. Oh, saying yeah. like, Runko, let's go out to lunch and then have sex in the hood of my car, or whatever it is that she says. Jesus, God Almighty. It's 503-228-4101. Coming up later on this hour, we'll have uh, more news from Tim Riley, and we will uh, play back a bit of yesterday's vehicular vote, the debate. Yes, I want to hear that. Because the, the big question that we asked uh, Katie and Jessica yesterday was, we said, not why you should win. We said, why does the other person not deserve to win? And they did both answer that question way more bluntly than I thought they would. Did so. it help you uh, make a decision? Did you think that one did better than the other? I think so. They Yeah, because they were so straightforward about it. They didn't try to sort of uh, soft soap it at all. They were, uh, I mean, they, they they embraced the question. They oh, really did. totally got to mess with them as, it, as the countdown starts today. So that Between is... Between uh, four and five? The, oh. the voting is going to close seven and a half hours. You got to go to KUFO.com right now. It's time for Greg Nibbler's Ball Talk. All right, we've got a couple of highlights to talk about, including Ted Williams' severed head. We have an update on it. Uh, of course, his head was uh, cryogenically frozen uh, when he died in 2002, I believe it was, at age 83. Well, it's come out now in a book that apparently his head has been abused in certain ways. There uh, are some workers there who have taken to setting his head up on a tuna can and playing batting practice with it with a uh, monkey wrench for a bat. So do they have video or pictures? I don't. So. Oh, wow. Please, I'm not a, please gr- I'm not a morbid person, but I need to see it. That would be so awesome. No, I don't know if there's video yet. This is coming out in a new tell-all book uh, about some of the workers there that, uh, yeah, they have been setting his frozen head on a tuna can, no less. I like how that's one of the details there. What kind of book is this? I mean, <laughs> is it a book of famous heads and what happened? Yeah, I don't know much about the book, but whatever it is, I'm going to read it because it's awesome. How, so. What a way to end your life. You know what I mean? <laughs> the, yeah. You I, overcome adversity. You're a living legend. Uh, You know, you try to support science by having your remains preserved. And you end up with your head on a tuna can being hit by some guy holding a lug wrench. I just picture it like flying across the room and somebody's got to go pick it up and put it back up. I regret nothing! Playing a drinking game with it. It's your turn to pick it up, Ted. All right. um, So, uh, also, LeGarrette Blunt. You guys all know the name LeGarrette Blunt, of course. The uh, maniac that threw punches uh, after the University of Oregon-Boise State game. He was the running back for University of Oregon. He was suspended for the entire year from playing in another college football game. Or maybe not. Uh, Today at 1130, uh, Chip Kelly, coach of University of Oregon, is going to be having a conference regarding the status of LeGarrette Blunt and the possibility that he could be reinstated for the season. That's right. LeGarrette Blunt may be back, which is just a dumb move. They've done awesome since he's been gone, and there's just no reason to throw that back in the mix. Uh, But uh, apparently there's a high probability that he is, in fact, going to play again this year in a football game. And uh, in NFL news, well, actually, before we do that, I want to make a couple of quick predictions here. Um, My predictions for this weekend of who's going to be crying, University of Miami, they will be balling. Unfortunately, Oklahoma is going to win. I hate both of those teams. I wish they could both lose and cry, but only one this week. And uh, so we're going to get to watch Miami people, which is awesome. Uh, LSU will have some crying Cajuns, which will be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, They will be balling. And so those are are my predictions for who's going to be crying this weekend. How about Ted Kennedy's, uh, Ted Kennedy's, uh, Ted Williams' frozen head? That's (laughs) right. 
crying. Well, those are frozen tears. I don't know if he can actually. Of course, by that point, he's probably thought out a little bit, too. you got to think about that. And a tuna can. Yeah. That's just all kinds of gross. And a monkey wrench. Like, they couldn't even be bothered a to get. A tuna can and a monkey wrench. And they put him on something dignified before yeah. you hit him with a wrench. You would really think so. Um, and in NFL news, uh, I encourage everyone to come out to McAdams Bar and Grill this Sunday at 1 p.m. I'll be there from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. We'll be drinking beers. We'll have prizes. All kinds of stuff that's at McAdams Bar and Grill at 5833 Southwest McAdam Avenue. All the details are at KUFO.com. Come out and uh, we'll watch people cry together. Okay. Uh, <laughs> done and done. <laughs> note for the record, by the way, somebody, you were talking about LeGarrette Blount, and we were sort of tying that into the Michael Vick uh, thing and the fact that he came back. Uh, we should note that te- uh, Michael Vick's jersey is currently number four in NFL jersey sales. Oh, how Sh- shocking. I'm sorry, do we have breaking news? news? Hold on a second. Chicago has just been eliminated from the bidding process for the 2016 games. That's oh, from CNN. Wow. Oh. And that is, uh, Obama just made his speech, too, this morning. Well, they're on sportsmen like in that town anyway, from what we've seen lately. And everybody gets treated like Ted Williams had in that town. <laughs> All right. Back after this, ladies and gentlemen, that was Ball Talk with Greg Nibbler. Stay there. The Rick Emerson Show continues next. I'm picturing him uh, lowering his pants while he's watching me oh, through the God. hole in the wall. I don't know who that would be. This is Rock 101 KUFO. The Rick Emerson Show returns. This is Rock 101 KUFO. It's the Rick Emerson Show. It's Rock 101 and KUFO. In just moments, we'll uh, hear from Katie and Jessica yesterday as they make their final plea to the American people as the voting for Survive It and Drive It continues. And uh, the news with Tim Riley as well. Right now, we're going to give away a pair of tickets to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat tomorrow at uh, the Roseland. That is tomorrow at the Roseland. Tickets on sale at Tickets West. Dot com. A pair of tickets for you to see Motorhead and the Reverend Horton Heat. Man, there's uh, so many good shows tomorrow. Oh, well, because you're going to see I'm going to uh, go see all, all and My Life in Black and White tomorrow. And then there, um, there's just like a ton more. I can't, even, I can't remember them off the top of my head. But yeah, most of the people I know are either going to Motorhead or all. There's kind of a bumper crop of, uh, and I heard Motorhead is, uh, is, is close to selling out. I don't know that it's sold out yet, but I heard that it's close to selling out. So you want to go to TicketsWest.com. If you've never seen Motorhead, you really owe it to yourself to do that at least once before you die. I mean, let's be honest. Seeing Motorhead may, in fact, be what causes you to die. It may kill you. But, you know, that's the way you should go out. It's 503-228-4101. If you're Condor 10 right now, you score a pair of tickets to Motorhead. And the Reverend Horton Heat. Uh, let's see. We'll, we'll go to the news here in one moment, but I want to uh, play this. So if you go to rickemerson.com, you can see the uh, video of uh, Sarah being uh, taped inside a toilet uh, by the engineers. And then directly below that, you can see the video of me in a biohazard suit, uh, th- th- which was uh, given to us by a listener, Jeff, and um, his company, Terra Hydra. That was the only thing that allowed me to get in the back of the car without fearing for my own safety. Although I found myself, because I had rubber gloves and then I had the biohazard suit itself. And I was compulsively, like OCD style, checking the connection between the gloves and the suit to make sure that my wrist was not exposed. So terrified. You twitchy. Yet you were exposed from the glasses up. And that's the other thing. And yet my, you know, and, and yet my forehead was exposed. So I'm going to play just a bit of the audio. This is me in the back yesterday, uh, right before we asked Katie and Jessica uh, the first question. This is from yesterday's Court and Fat Boy show. Oh, I'm sorry, sir. Is that, uh, am I up over there? Mm-hmm. That must be, uh, that must be on this end. Hold on one second. And let's see. Of the audience. We'll now go to our first question. We'll start on Jessica's side of the vehicle. Jessica, you've been here in this truck for 250 hours with Katie. It is uh, the better part of two weeks. You've come to know each other. 
uh, I would say, on a level far exceeding that, that uh, than you probably anticipated. After all of this time, tell the audience in your estimation why you believe Katie does not deserve this truck as much as you do. Um, Katie has three other vehicles. She has other modes of transportation that I just don't have access to. Katie, do you have a follow-up to that? I do. Um, I don't have three other vehicles. I have my one car that is on its way out. My husband has a rundown car, car as well that he needs for work on a daily basis. That's two. And we have a van that is not ours. We are paying on it that I'm trying to get ready for my husband's uh, will become wheelchair bound eventually with his Marfans and spina bifida disabilities. So... So, Katie, having given that follow-up, we'll now take the question to your side of the vehicle. You're so In your opinion, tell the audience why Jessica does not deserve this truck to the extent that you do. Um, well, she lives and works out of the same building, and she's been kind of used to not having a vehicle for about a year now. So she should um, never have one. She is able to get her son back and forth to school. Um, and has family around to help her out, which is nice. I don't have that privilege um, of having any family close by. And when my vehicle goes out, it's going to be a devastating blow to my situation, which is just something that we've tried to prepare for, and it just hasn't happened. Um, so that's why I got in the truck. All right. uh, Jessica, you have 30 seconds for a follow-up. Okay. Um, I do work. Um, at home, basically, but walking my son to and from school is not something I've had to do in the past. There have been other moms to help me, which they cannot do anymore. And I can get a ride from family once a month to do my errands. It's not exactly convenient. So there you go. We have a compelling opening round of questions here at Survive It and Drive It, the vehicular vote. Don't forget, you can be voting online right now at KUFO.com. Voting goes until 4 p.m. Friday with results announced Friday at 5 p.m. live here at Dick Hanna Dodge. We also want to give a thanks uh, right now and a, a, a brief acknowledgement to James, our zombie from Fright Town, which opened Saturday at Memorial Coliseum. James was in the vehicle with Jessica and Katie Early uh, on the day and doing a splendid job. So we want to thank James. We want to thank everybody from Fright Town. And don't forget to go to KUFO.com and be voting and watching right now. This is Rick Emerson for Survive It and Drive It. From the Alpha Broadcasting Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Good morning. It is 846. Expect showers today. Highs in the 60s. A 50-50 chance of rain tomorrow and partly sunny on Sunday. Chicago is stunned. People are shedding tears in Dealey Plaza as they have been eliminated from the possibility of hosting the Olympics. The decision came down just moments ago. The city of Chicago, having obtained the least number of votes, will not participate in the next round. Okay. Wow, so that's uh, fairly cold. Was that Henry Kissinger? That only took six seconds to I'm... break an entire city's heart. <laughs> what about we? No, go home. The best we part Susan is Susan what she thinks about this. She, uh, yeah, she, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to try to analyze her feelings because it was they were multi-layered. I think that on the one hand, I think Susan has the hometown pride because she's from Chicago, warring with I think the certain. There's certain in her knowledge that Chicago does face a series of challenges it would go poorly. with the rest of the world. Yeah, and that, like, you know, you may go there and just be beaten to death the minute you get off the plane. I, I think that, you know, it's possible to recognize the faults of one's hometown while still loving one's hometown. So, 
So they'll decide who gets the Olympics right after we get off the air at 9.30. Of course. The best part is how I think they told Chicago to go get stuffed as Obama was actually making the big pitch. Mm -hmm. And they flew him to Copenhagen. That's the other thing is they made him go to Copenhagen, I think already knowing probably that Chicago wasn't going to make it. So, So that's fun. Here's Tim Riley. The new Selwood Bridge will cost $330 million. Why, that's a lot more than they said. Uh, business, a park, and proposed Lake uh, Oswego car lines have upped the cost. Oh, by the way, they're going to have to blast through the side of a big hill, too. Other news, the national unemployment rate could hit 10%. Bean counters say it could be the middle of next year before things get better. Good news about unemployed Oregonians. You get 13 more weeks of unemployment benefits they kick in this Sunday, so get them all you can. A Colorado grandma had to throw a pillow at a bear that sauntered into her house, threatening her life. I heard the door open, and I thought, well, it's got to be you who the dog, you know. And here wow. was this big bear. I was screaming, and she went up on her hind feet, and I grabbed one of these pillows, and I just slung it at her. <laughs> that was just the beginning. Sally's son, Brian, was upstairs watching Rockies baseball. And I'm like, what is going on? And she's like, there's a bear down here. And I'm like, Mom, there's no bear down in our basement. <laughs> One of the baby bears must have been in here. Brian sees the cub and runs upstairs to get a towel to try to capture it. And uh, just as I kind of come around the corner, the a bear towel. had come out of the, the back bedroom. And it had Look, grown it's behind. pounds and another two and a half feet. And I just look at it, and I'm like, oh, this is not going to work out at all. Well, the bear ate all the chicken. Eventually, the police scare off the bears, but not before the mama bear trashes the kitchen. Ice cream was too cold, and the chili was too spicy, but the Moe's barbecue was just right. <laughs> That's for the, for the one little bear that was left. That is just irresistible. You know that they, I don't know whether she decided to say that or whether the anchor had her say that, but you knew that it was inevitable. By the way, you think, you know that kid's going to hear about that at the end of time. Mom, there's no bear down there. Meanwhile, the, the mom's leg is being chewed off. Wow. Well, every city has its problems. We just heard about Chicago's. Detroit has something more serious. The uh, the head of the morgue there is begging the people of Detroit, please come pick up your dead. And I have to believe that it's because of the economic problems that we're having with a lot of some people don't come forward even though they may know the people are here they don't have the money so the dead are being stacked up in detroit nobody wants them anymore like so much cordwood all right uh arnold schwarzenegger is asked say would you pardon roman polanski if given the chance I would not treat his uh, situation any differently than anyone else's. I think that we're looking at everything, at every request, and uh, in 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 an in independent way, but uh, it shouldn't be treated differently. Then David Letterman. We're waiting to see how his ratings did. Apparently, a big producer from 48 Hours has been arrested who was living with uh, one of the women who had an affair with him. By the way, this woman was put in a lot of his skits. Uh, here he is last night talking about the creepy things that happened. Uh, the creepy stuff was that I have uh, had sex with women who work for me on this show. Now, my response to that is, yes, I have. <laughs> Lots of laughs. Would it be em- embarrassing if it were made public? Perhaps it would. Perhaps it would. <laughs> Especially for the women. You know, the thing that really works in Letterman's favor with this whole thing is that he only, I mean, he's been with her for a while, but that he only got married, uh, I think, back in March. So, and, you know, and plus he just seems like, he just seems like a guy who, when he does tell you something personal or intimate like that, that you're getting the straight scoop, that you're getting the, the sort of real deal. By the way, Letterman's wife, Regina Lasko, she looks 
I couldn't figure out who she looks like because it's hard to find photos of her. They're, Letterman is a notoriously private individual when he's not on the air, and it's very difficult to find photos of his wife. But I found some this morning, and you know, she looks like she looks just like Yeardley Smith, who is that chick that does the voice of Lisa Simpson. She was also the nurse. Is she cute? Uh, does she have a good personality? She's a uh, uh, she's she's a handsome woman. Um, I'll put it this way: she she. Uh, She looks like Yardley Smith, the woman who voices Lisa Simpson. I don't know. I hesitate. I don't know. I just did. Uh, I, I don't even. I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to say because clearly she is. I'm mean, about the same age that Letterman is because Letterman's what fifties, something like that, sixties. Um, I mean, I'll, I'll put it this way: he's dating a woman who's his own age. Uh, you know, and so he's not. You know, he's not dating some eighteen-year-old uh, bim better, marrying that's, an eighteen-year-old bim. But that's anyway. what he was admitting to last night was that he's been cheating on her. They cheated on her multiple times with women who are coworkers because they've been together twenty-three years, right? No, see, that's the thing. See, he hasn't been with her. How long has he been with Regina Lasco? He was with Meryl Marco for a long yeah. time, uh, at least twenty years, I would think. Regina Lasco or yeah, Meryl Marco? Well, he's been dating her for at least twenty years. If it's not all close very to confusing. That. I don't even know anymore. And then she was the chick before her. And then what is up with uh, Jay Leno? Is Jay Leno married? Yes, he is, but he never talks about his wife. Isn't that like it's, it's almost like his wife doesn't exist I, I've seen at her all? Before she's not attract, she's a less attractive than he is. <laughs> Jay Leno, yeah, yeah it's, she looks like Jay Leno with a wig. I, they've been together so long. The, the, Jay Leno is got the thing where it, it's like he, I think, as opposed to Letterman, who does the show and then goes home and is very private. Leno, I think, does the show and then they just seal him in some sort of like a uh, they seal him in some sort of an electronic tube until the next day. Well, he, he used to hang around Bob's Big Boy right across the street from NBC on his motorcycle in his old. I think when he's done, I think that he switches faceplate and he goes back and he uh, resumes his other life, which is as an exhibit at Westworld. But that's just a that's just a theory. All right. Uh, what was my point? Blah, blah, blah. Yeardley Smith, blah, blah, blah. Oh, Yeardley Smith was also the nurse in the child having episode of Mad Men a couple weeks back. Uh, when she comes out, and she goes, Mr. Draper, your son has been born. That's Yeardley Smith. That's the that's the woman I'm talking about right there. <laughs> All right. Join us next week on The Rick Emerson Show when our guests will include, I swear to God, Rick Springfield. Uh, we'll Yay. also be talking to Max Brooks, the author of World War Z, the Zombie Survival Guide, and the author of the new graphic novel, Zombie Survival Guide, Recorded Attacks. Uh, that is coming up next week. We also want to remind you that uh, 9 a.m., which is about six minutes from now, about six minutes from now, the KUFO half-off sale can, uh, continues, and it updates with items including a $50 gift certificate to the Oregon Humane Society, $50 toward the adoption of a loving companion for the Oregon Humane Society, sheltering homeless animals and fighting cruelty and neglect for 140 years. Remember, the Oregon Humane Society receives no tax dollars. Uh, their work is made possible only by the generosity of folks like yourself. So about five minutes from now, that half-off sale updates, and uh, you're going to be able to get a $50 certificate for just $25. But because we're good people, if you want to call right now, because... Caller 10 at 503-228-4101. You'll get one of those Oregon Humane Society $50 certificates absolutely free. And then again at 9 a.m., you can get those at KUFO.com for just $25. Don't forget, Court and Fat Boy this afternoon, 3 to 7. Voting closes for Surviving and Driving at 4 p.m. The winner will be announced at 5 p.m. And we will all be out there. Greg Nibbler, Sarah Still, and Tim Riley and myself, we will all be on site at Dick Hanna Dodge, corner 4th Plain and Auto Mall Drive. Vote now at KUFO.com and be listening this afternoon. The announcement of the winner is at 5 p.m. We want to thank uh, our guest today, CNN Radio correspondent Jim Roop. Also, Aaron Duran from uh, geekinthecity.com. 
Uh, Dax Holt from TMZ, Art Webb, uh, Ross Coleman, and, of course, the encore of our interview with Kevin Smith, which can be heard at KUFO.com. Rick Emerson Show, produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah Dillon for Rock 101 and KUFO. In the newsroom, Tim Riley on the phones, Greg Nibbler, production assistant extraordinaire. The gatekeeper at the front desk is uh, Dave Zinn, webmistress uh, Bridget from upstairs, and uh, Alpha Broadcasting Marketing Guru Susan Donaff with me, Reynolds Executive Producer Christopher J. Panic. Uh, coming up next, it is Smells Like the 90s with our good friend Buzz and Court and Fatboy this afternoon, 3 We'll see you today at Dick Hanna Dodge this afternoon, 4 uh, p.m., and then the uh, winter announcement at four at uh, 5 p.m. So be out there for that. Be listening this afternoon, Court and Fatboy. It is Friday, October 2nd, 2009, and that is the frequency, Kenneth. As always, be safe. Watch out for zombies. Bye now. One big fiesta for illegal aliens and homosexuals. Attention broadcasters in the greater Portland area, your daily show prep is now concluded. Thank you for listening.